0: Free Talk Live, it is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. You know, uh, sometimes on this show, we like to do a little self-improvement, personal uh, modification, growth topics. And I came across one on the on Facebook today. Someone had posted it as one of their little update things that they like to do. And I thought it was good. So we'll start things out with this here because just, you know, need a little change of pace. There's all kinds of bad news that we could be talking about, certainly. Uh, and good news as well, like Rhode Island's government shutting down for 12 days. We, uh, we might get a chance to get to that. 800-259-9231 if you want to add into this list of 10 tips for maintaining a positive attitude. This is from dumblittleman.com. <laughs> not the uh, nicest of uh, website titles, but nonetheless. <laughs> hey, Dumb I Little Man. It. Tips for life, it says. So, uh, it says here, top ten tips. Having and maintaining a positive attitude is vital for success in life and business. Zig Ziglar gets it right when he says it's your attitude, not your aptitude, that determines your altitude. Sure, you need skills, but you can learn skills. In fact, a positive attitude will make it much more likely that you'll learn the skills necessary to succeed. If you take two people with an equal skill set, the person with a better attitude
1: will win. Yeah, you know, this is absolutely true and what it reminds me um is here is this uh this original phrase the what read it, it off for me one more time that Ziglar quote attitude. It's,
0: it's your attitude not your aptitude that determines your altitude.
1: And it's I, I remember and I probably told the story before but I had um you know my ex-fiancée and I went out to she wanted to play racquetball with me. Um and I played my fair share of racquetball in my life. And I took her out, and of course, you know, she wasn't doing very well. She was hitting the ball into the floor, into the ceiling, and all over the place, like people do the first time they play racquetball. Mm -hmm. And so she got frustrated, and she was done before we were done with the first game, and Anybody is a better athlete than I am. I just don't have great hand-eye coordination. Um, and I, you know, I, I might look like I'm a great athlete. I am, however, not. Um, and so if she would have practiced at this for any length of time, she would have beaten me um, pretty handily after, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how long, a few weeks of practice, and she would have been very good and wouldn't have been a problem, and, and off she would have gone. But her attitude dictated that she will never be a better racquetball player than me because she's done with racquetball, likely. So wait, was it her idea to go there originally? I think it was. Okay. I mean, she, she either that or she wanted to do some kind of exercise together. And I said, "How about racquetball? i would like some extra rackets."
0: I could see her attitude a little more as a little more likely if she was feeling like she was dragged into it. But I if it was her why, idea, then that's
1: a little—that's pretty strange. Well, you know, people like to win, right? And some people, yeah. for them, um, winning is more important. Competitiveness is more playing right than than the game itself and the exercise and all those other things that you get out of it. I've, for me, games are just games, and they they mean nothing to me. Where I get competitive is life, Um, so you know I I I I don't really understand that. You can you can win a Monopoly all day long. It doesn't bother me. Yay! (laughs) There you go.
0: Unfortunately, the story says here it's not always easy to stay positive and keep a good attitude as things go wrong throughout your day. It's easy to let negative thoughts start to take over. Thankfully, there are many things that you can do to help maintain a positive attitude. These are things you can do on a daily, weekly, or a monthly basis to make sure you keep a positive focus. So, and, and they're right, you know, that, that certainly that negative thoughts do come to people. Uh, we get all kinds of thoughts that that pass through our minds, and it really just depends on which ones we choose to focus on. Yeah. You're, you are responsible for how you feel at any given time. And there was a, a great example of this le- uh, on Sunday, this fallacy that we find so many places that we probably are guilty of uttering ourselves, you know, the, you make me feel so angry uh, kind of statement. Mm-hmm. You make me feel this. You know, whenever you hear somebody say, you make me feel, they're giving away their Uh, their onus, and placing it upon you, they are the ones that are in control of how they feel. They are ultimately at choice. I think they are,
1: to some extent, in control of how they feel. I don't think everybody's entirely in control of how they feel. However, they do get to... they are in control of their focus. That's a good point. So if you want to uh, you know, obviously there are people out there that are going to be you out in your front yard beating your dog with an axe handle is going to make make me feel very bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I can choose to do something about it. I can choose to not ignore it. I can, you know, whatever. I'm trying to pick an extreme circumstance here for you. I think uh, extreme examples do help to define the, the situation. So, uh, you know, obviously the person who's out there doing that—that's their dog. They can do what they want with it. Uh, you know, people—you uh, know—people that don't like to see cruelty to am- animals. I always wonder whether how much meat they eat. Um, and you know, those animals were treated pretty cruelly when they were killed so that mm-hmm. you could eat their flesh. Um, uh, you know, so if it's important to me, maybe I'll go steal your dog in the middle of the night. I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. I, I think that just
0: saying something like "you make me feel this" takes takes the responsibility away from yourself when and you're right mark you're going to have certain reactions you're going you're going to feel certain things in response to things that, that happen around you but it's ultimately your choice I like what you said to focus on it it's it's your choice to uh, embroil embroil yourself inside that emotion mm-hmm. and to dig further and deeper into it or it's also your choice to say well wait a minute why am I feeling this is this who I want to be, is this how I want to feel? And if it's not, and I don't think it should be, I think feeling negative, there's no, there's no benefit to that. You, nobody else feels negative because you feel negative necessarily. You're really only punishing yourself uh, with those negative feelings. So make the effort to kind of posit- and mentally shift yourself in a more positive feeling direction. You know, rather than feeling hatred towards someone, try feeling pity towards them. I mean, it's just a little step But it's a step in the, you know, the right direction
1: toward a a better feeling. And I think there are some problems that need to be solved. um, And I think that there are other problems that you need to ignore. Um, So if you're not going
0: to solve your problem, if you're in anger, if you're in that position of anger, you are not going to come up with good solutions.
1: I I think that you're right. I think that, you know, there are better, better uh, positions to make decisions from. So.
0: So the first, I think the first and most important thing to do is if you're not feeling positive, is to think about what step you can take to get to feeling more positive. But let's get into their list here of what they're suggesting you can do. Uh, and again, if you want to add into this, comment 800-259-9231 from dumblittleman.com. Number one, read positive and inspiring books. Or I would add to that, maybe uh, you can find a, a favorite blog or something like that that is that has a, that sort of message One of the best ways to maintain a positive attitude is by reading positive books. These books serve to encourage you, inspire you, and teach you. Reading requires that you sit still and focus, and by focusing on something positive, it helps you keep a positive mindset throughout the day.
1: Number two. I like those little, uh, just the little sayings that are often make you feel good and positive. Usually they have to be, um, in aligned with whatever your philosophy or spirituality is. Mm-hmm.
0: I get a couple of those in my email box. Every right.
1: Day. I do too, and I, th- I find them to be valuable. I perhaps don't have the time or interest to read, uh, when well, I've read many of them, but right now, w- one of the, the, you know, the, the longer books that uh, right. you know might make someone feel better in in certain situations however i find that i can you know can run through an email very quickly and and get something out of it and it it helps to you know sort of center me uh you know for that portion of the day
0: yeah th- that's important uh and i agree with you it's one of the things i actually look forward to reading uh when i get up in the morning is is one of those emails that that comes in Number two, listen to podcasts and CDs. The advantage of listening to podcasts or compact discs is you can listen on the go. You can listen to motivating podcasts while you clean your house, exercise, or on a flight. In your car, you can play encouraging compact discs that may help you make better use of your commute. And then they list off some of uh, his favorite inspirational types of people. And I think that, you know, there's a certain level of uh, beginnerness to some of these. Like, you know, if you are a, are somebody who's never had any experience with this podcast, Kind of mindset and, and and being very deliberate about having this kind of mindset, then listening to some of uh, some very positive and inspiring things like that, I think is a good way to spend your time. I agree. But if you've got other things you like to listen to, you should certainly listen to those because those make you happy too. I,
1: I agree with that too. I think that there's uh, you know a, a certain uh, you know a certain level that one needs to get up to as far as uh, you know this, these positive messages and things like that. There was a time when I I heard about positive mental attitude from this uh you know this counselor guy that i knew and i just used to think he was just such a silly guy cheesy yeah it was cheesy and and just dumb and and now here you are and now here i am one of those positive (laughs) mental attitude guys and and uh you know
0: (laughs) i was so the same way in the past yeah so uh this negative toward that whole concept of like what do i need this crap for
1: thanks mr volker
0: all right, more on the way here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I can I can actually hear the eyes rolling in some of our audience oh, right sure, now. Oh sure, sure. Uh, so more on the way. You can take control. We got eight more of these, and uh, they get better uh, on the way. Your thoughts as well. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's 1-800-259-9231, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have a lot of features, and they're all free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. We give ours to you, which includes an entire year's worth of archives, right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. That is freetalklive.com. Now, some of the one of the benefits that you get as a Free Talk Live amplifier, and that's something that we talk about on a nightly basis on this program. It's a way for our listeners to help support the show. One of those things that you can get is access to our classic archives, so archives that go way back, all the way to the first year or two that we've been doing the show. We're currently in the process of posting uh, some of the second-year stuff that we did, And the reason I bring that up is because people that have been listening to those classic shows, they can probably hear some significant changes uh, that have gone on on this program over the last half a decade. I mean, we've been doing this thing since 2002, and the fact is that, the Ian today isn't the same Ian as he was five, six, seven years ago. The same with the uh, you
1: know Mark wasn't the same guy either.
0: Right. So it's it's kind of it can be an interesting study uh, to see how this uh, the hosts of this show have changed over the last several years. And we've been talking about positive uh, b- being positive, Ten tips for maintaining a positive attitude from dumblittleman.com. dot uh, and I was talking about how, well, some of these are pretty basic. I mean, for kind of newbies to the idea of, of thinking positively. But some of them are pretty good. In fact, it's all really good info. Some of you may already know this stuff. Some of you may not. But either way, would love to have your thoughts. It's good to apply it. Yeah, at 800-259-9231. I know that a lot of this has uh, helped me out, just kind of keeping that positive mindset. Number three, wake up early. One of the best ways, and I still I still have a difficult time with this. Uh, One of the best ways to help you maintain a positive attitude is to create the habit of waking up early. Waking up early allows you to get a head start on the day. You can prepare for work and start your day without feeling rushed. You can get a head start on important projects before the rest of the world is awake to interrupt you. You can spend time reading or in prayer or meditation. I start each day by listening to a 10-minute motivational podcast. And I love how I feel when I get up early in the morning. But... Unfortunately, Julia works a job where she's all over the map as far as her shifts are concerned. I have a relatively steady schedule. If she had a similarly steady schedule, we might be able to more easily get up on a regular basis at a certain time in the morning. But if she's opening the restaurant one day and doing a closing shift the next day, it's not very likely that she's going to be easily able to get up at 8 a.m., Every single day, because some days she has to get up earlier and some days she doesn't have to go to work till noon. So if I'm enjoying my time with her, then I kind of want to stay in bed with her. I mean, that's understandable. uh, But when we both manage to get up early in the morning, we both feel so much more accomplished.
1: We feel like we and we do. Have more time to
0: get things taken
1: care of. Not to mention that uh, you know sleeping in sort of builds up the negative you know some of these sort of negative hormones in your brain. does it? And it, it well, sleeping too much absolutely does. At least okay. it did for me. Um, and it would make you know sleeping too much made it uh, you know when I for a while there i didn't have steady work and this has been years and years ago but i didn't have steady work and you know i really wasn't going out and look i didn't, wasn't terribly motivated to go look and i didn't have to and
0: might as well sleep in nothing else to do right
1: doing a lot of sleeping in and man i was ready to smoke smoke myself over that I, like it just Jeez. it was that bad um you know I'm, I'm kind of pushing it a little little bit but uh, you know it, it you were despondent not, distraught yeah, yeah like that things weren't yeah. so great and the later you stayed up stay up the more likely you are to entertain yourself with mind altering substances which may or may not be great for your um your brain and uh, you know so i think that i, I get a lot more done at 2am or a lot more done at 8am than
0: i do at 2am i can yeah. tell you that uh, number four, exercise. Very few things in life leverage your time as much as exercise. Obviously, it makes a difference for your physical health, but it also has significant benefits for your mental health. Sure does. Exercise is useful useful to combat depression and to improve your overall positive mood. Sure is. Further, if you exercise early in the morning, you can go through your day knowing that you've already completed
1: the most valuable activity you had to do. If you have mental health issues, um, you know, you're depressed or whatever, this is the place to start. Get up on time set set your alarm get up on time and exercise it is it it could very well solve your problems and it certainly will make them better
0: and it doesn't mean you have to go out and you know get a gym membership it could be just walking around the block uh once or twice, or something like sure. That, something Walk to get at a brisk pace.
1: Uh, some do some air. push-ups, uh, some deep knee bends. Maybe put something up in the yard so you can do some pull-ups. Right there, you've, you've handled the uh, the push-pull-legs routine that uh, you know so many bodybuilders use as as just their their foundation uh, of of their workout. Um, you know, they do a push exercise, a pull exercise, and a leg exercise, and you know, deep knee bends and pull-ups and and uh, push-ups will handle all of those. So you can do all those without a gym membership, and I, I would recommend doing those. For a couple of months before you ever start the gym membership, I don't feel
0: uh, down in the dumps or depressed. I'm certainly a, a fairly sedentary individual, but I do like it when I get the excuse to go out, ride my bike, and go to the mailbox or something like that. I go to my private mailbox downtown, and I, I like to whatever excuse I can to to get out. I enjoy that. It uh, it feels good. Number five, plan your week and day. This is pretty important stuff. Having a clear plan to your day and to your week can go a long way to helping you maintain a positive attitude. By knowing what you want to accomplish, you'll be able to focus on your important life priorities. A weekly plan allows you to uh, to match your long-term goals to your weekly accomplishments. Your daily plan allows you to complete the activities you need to do so that you'll meet your weekly goals. You do have goals, don't you? Oh, you don't? Well, you might want to consider starting there, but this is part of that whole process, is outlining what it is you want to accomplish go ahead write it down i don't know about you but i've got a lot that i want to get done and if i try to keep it all up in my head i don't know maybe there are some people that are better at keeping that stuff organized than i am and maybe if i practice real hard i could get it get better at it but i don't want to miss an appointment so i've got a schedule and i make sure that i stick to it i mean mark you missed a, an interview that we had today at at 6:30. i did and why was that
1: uh, because i didn 't have it in my telephone there you go um you now, know i 've so- got my uh, i 've got my i 've got a list of things to do and how how to uh you know how to do them and I usually have fifty people to call during the day and I have a right. call list and that 's handled very well, however everything else isn't necessarily handled quite so well now that's the that's how i make money and that's how i keep uh, the show going and it's the vast majority of my life so most of my life is handled on a on a to-do list but you know you you, you plan to fail um, or you fail you fail to plan or plan to fail you know that's uh, I, I don't remember how the little saying that goes. sounds but, right yeah it's something like that so uh so
0: what you're saying is you've got outline of what you need to accomplish for business but sometimes if you don't write down what it is you need to get done, you'll overlook it and therefore miss an appointment or miss something important. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not good for you. Nope. So get it written down. It, ma- it makes a difference. Putting your ideas down. I, I'd on... like to uh, you know uh,
1: point out one time I had a big meeting with a client that I just slipped my mind. Oh, gosh. I have been waiting about waiting for it for a week and a half. So you I should have it. remembered it. I should have. But just something came up uh, in between the – you know. like I thought As, about it. And then in two hours later – I'm like, holy crap. Yep. And life happens. It, right. You know? And it was a it was a big deal and the guy didn't want to see me Ooh. after that. Like yes. I lost this client, which could have been two, three thousand dollars in commission a month. I mean, think about how life is gonna be right now for mm-hmm. you if you get two or three thousand dollars additional a month. That's what it was like for me.
0: So But rather than being angry at yourself for very long for something like that, a more positive way to approach it would be to shift your mindset to thinking about how important it is to get in the habit of using your schedule. That's so you when can, I bought
1: the uh, the PDA phone.
0: And it can <laughs> set alarms so it'll ring yeah. at you and stuff, right? All right, more on the way here. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. What do you do to help stay positive? It's Free Talk Live.
2: Across the sands of time, from the lands of Abraham to the lands of Julius Caesar, the metals of the earth were forged into the coin of the realm. Now you can own a piece of history with affordable ancient coins from the Greek,
3: Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine eras. Guaranteed authentic by Janus Numismatics. Transport yourself to the distant past at ZeusCoin.com. That's Z-U-S-Coin.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the ladies that have sent us their validated photo or video to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See them for yourself. That Shrine com to uh, return here in a moment to the 10 things or 10 of the things you can do to maintain a positive attitude. But first, one of the things that might help you feel a little more positive is having a little bit of gold and silver in your house and uh, your safekeeping spots uh, because, well, you know, the U.S. Federal Reserve note. Isn't quite holding value very well.
1: They're printing lots and lots of them,
0: and they have been for a long time. And historically, it's lost something like ninety six or ninety seven percent of its value since uh, since they what since nineteen thirteen and they took the gold away, the gold backing away. Well, go ahead and get your own gold, and we've set up some easy ways for you to do it. You can get twenty francs. Not just easy, but they're <laughs> very
1: affordable too. These are some great deals.
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's it's. We should we should point out that Free Talk Live will be making a you know a, a little bit of a, a percentage on mm-hmm. these sales, so it benefits us. But you're not going to make the purchase on gold if it doesn't benefit you and you're not getting a good price. And these are, from what I've seen, some pretty
1: good prices. It's, it's my experience; they certainly are. I've looked on eBay, and it's tough to even find uh, gold and silver at these rates. Certainly, you can find. You know, uh, some some there's there's certainly if you look around and you spend a bunch of your valuable time looking around, you can probably find some stuff that's a little cheaper. But likely you can't. This will uh, th- this will uh, you know this undercuts most deals out there.
0: And it's coming from a reliable source. Yes. our friends over at Midas Resources. That's the organization that's behind syndicating this radio program. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Anderson and the crew at Genesis Communications Network. That's a sister company of of Midas. Anyway, they're offering a, bunch, a few different things, and we're highlighting them over at gold.freetalklive.com. You can get twenty francs for two hundred and sixteen dollars each. Now, these are ninety percent gold. It's my understanding that uh, they're just less than a fifth of an ounce of gold. Yeah, least, it's right?
1: basically it's a it's basically a fifth of an ounce of gold, and yeah, they're they're not entirely gold because well, you know, entire uh, pure gold rubs and and bends too easily.
0: Right now, uh, now these are um somewhat old. I mean, these are from back in the eighteen hundreds.
1: Some, some of, of them, yeah.
0: And so you can pick these things up, um, but you can get them over at uh, gold.freetalklive.com. And though the 20 franc is competitively priced with other forms of gold bullion, you uh, will also find it's no longer in production and therefore desirable by coin collectors. So it has that additional added value of right. being old and
1: desirable. Numismatic, I believe, is what they call sure. it. Sure. And, uh, you know, they're sort of <laughs> – even though they're, um, uh, they're, they're not huge collector coins or anything like that. Some of, some of them are. Some of them aren't. But um, when people see an older gold coin, they're really just impressed by it, I think. Um, and, and so I, I really love that factor. So head over to gold.freetalklive.com or you can call 877-857-9938.
0: That's 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so back to the 10 things you can do to maintain a positive attitude or get yourself to a more positive attitude if you're constantly down in the dumps. Uh, and I would love to hear your input on these things as well. What do you do to help yourself stay positive at 800-259-9231? That's our number here. Number six, after plan your week and day, which I think is so critical. I think it's so critical for an- anybody to have goals set out for themselves. Even if you still haven't, don't know what you – like if you're a young person listening to the show and you don't know what you want to be when you grow up, you can still have goals for the next week. You can still have goals for the next month. Things that you do know that you want to achieve, you can – Figure out what you want to achieve and then work backwards to figure out how you need to get from where you are today to where you want to go. And write it all down. And check them off when you're done. Number six, understand that things won't always go as planned. If you plan and expect everything in life will go as you planned, you'll be quickly disappointed. One of the keys to maintaining a positive attitude is to understand that things will go wrong. If you expect things to go wrong, you won't be uh, you won't be phased when they do. So have a plan, but understand that things won't always follow the plan. The plan allows you to adapt to what went wrong and move back towards what is important. Number seven. This uh, this one's weird, a little weird to me. I don't know much about this stuff, so maybe you can chime in here, Mark. Uh, St. John's wort and Griffonia seed? He says these two herbal supplements can have an important role to play in helping you maintain a positive attitude. He says, many people know about St. John's Wort as a natural supplement to help prevent or treat depression. St. John's Wort is is really a mood stabilizer. Grifonia seed works to elevate positive mood. Together, they're helpful in maintaining a positive mental
1: attitude. You know, um, I, I don't know everything about this. I, I as, as far as maintaining a positive mental attitude, all that was ever required for me was positive thinking. Mm-hmm. So, um, different people have different stuff. I know that I've taken some of the sort of, uh, you know, mood booster, um, uh, n- nutrient-type things out there, and a lot of them have stimulants in them, mm. and I I just can't take anything with stimulants, but...
0: I, I don't think St. John's Ward is, uh, is a
1: is I don't, is I don't think so either. But it, I, I never noticed anything having taken it. But then, and some people certainly – really so,
0: There are a lot of people in America that have been diagnosed with depression.
1: And what that means, I don't know. I, I, I have, It means they need to take a, a prescription drug that costs uh, you know, right. 60 know, $160, $260 a month.
0: Do people really have chemical imbalances? Do all of the people who've been diagnosed with a, a depression have chemical imbalances? There's no
1: way all the people no. that have been diagnosed in the United States, there's no way a fifth of the people in the United States who've been diagnosed and given these mood, mood-altering drugs uh, that the pharmaceutical companies uh, you know, sell at extraordinary rates. There's no way they all have those kind of mental problems and I think that exercise uh, diet getting up a, on a regular a regular routine and maybe some of these nutrient things could probably treat eighty percent of this stuff now I'm certainly just a layman talking here right. but that's my experience in being a guy who you know' was kind of uh, you know cursed you know just gone along the fringe of of having really bad attitudes in life sometimes.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that the, the depression is overdiagnosed, and I think that a lot of it can be solved with the th- some of the things we're talking about here. But if you are someone who, you know, maybe you do believe that you have an imbalance, because if they tell you that enough times, you might start to believe it, maybe you could try some of these, you know, suggestions here, the St. John's ward and the Griffonia seed. Maybe that stuff helps people with, uh, with those situ- situations, the, the kind of chemically imbalanced situations, without having to put you on some sort of, pharmaceutically created chemical for the rest of your life Uh, but i I tend to believe that just positive uh thinking and not not allowing yourself to uh to get down in the dumps being aware of what your thoughts and your feelings are and and making an active uh taking an active role in them to shift them in the right direction i think that can help but I'd love to hear from somebody who has had depression and has gotten out of it without using uh, the the chemicals to tell their story, because that would certainly be a lot more persuasive than you and I sitting here uh, spouting off about it. So 800-259-9231 if you want to tell your story. Number eight, get spiritually connected. Naturally, this one will look different for everyone, and it's simply an option to consider. If you're spiritually connected, you'll have a positive outlook on life. This might mean prayer, meditation, or reading your scripture, if that's what you're into. Set aside time each day to be connected spiritually. And I've started doing uh, meditation to, to some extent. I probably don't do it as often as I should or for as long as I should. But I try to make a point of each day doing uh, you know, positive uh, affirmations. And that's one of them that's, that's going to come up here. And, and just taking a little time to myself rather than jumping right into whatever it is I have to do for the day.
1: I think that it's, uh, those things are valuable.
0: And I don't do it at a set time every single day. Sometimes I will jump right in because I've woken up a little late. You know, we're talking about waking up early before, and mm-hmm. I've got to get get some things done. But then I take a break later, and I take take some time out. Number nine: be thankful. I think this one is gratitude really is important. Like this one is up there on, on on these list of ten things. There are some that I think are more important than others, and I think that this is one of the top.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, and uh, let's uh, if I look at a situation where gratitude has been good for me. Uh, I, I spent nine years in prison. That can be kind of tough on you uh, from a mental health standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be a little depressing in there, especially when you're looking at doing a very long time. I would often be grateful. I had a, I had a, a history teacher in high school who I knew very well, uh, Mr. Schuster, who was a partial paraplegic or something like that. Basically, mm-hmm. his arms worked, but not Entirely, and his legs worked, but not entirely, and, uh, you know, he's basically a quadriplegic. And being in prison beat that. So I could always, you know, sort of be grateful that I had that. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, he had things to be grateful for, too. But I think gratitude can be huge when it comes to, to you know, keeping a positive mental attitude.
0: We'll talk more about it here in a and so take your calls as well. If you've got something to add to this discussion about staying positive, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free 800 259 9231. And dial that number, especially if you want to add in your thoughts to the conversation we've been having throughout the hour here about 10 tips for maintaining a positive attitude. Now, again, number is 800 259 9231. And mentioned earlier the Free Talk Live AMP program, it allows our listeners to get behind the show financially and help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you want to help us out with that, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com and get on for as little as 3 bucks a month. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. So in the midst of this story from dumblittleman.com, the 10 tips for maintaining a positive attitude have been through uh, some of these years. just... Recap, read positive and inspiring books and things. I, I like. Uh, I've got some emails that I subscribe to on a daily basis that I get. That I get. Uh, listen to audio that is of an inspirational nature to you. Wake up early, exercise, plan your week and your day. Understand things won't always go as planned. And for those of you that need uh, some sort of supplemental help, uh, he suggests St. John's Ward and Griffonia Seed. Getting spiritually connected, taking some time out to do whatever you spiritually do. And number nine, be thankful. Take some time and be thankful. Be thankful about what you have, who you are, and what your life is like. Think through all the things that you can be thankful for. Certainly, there are plenty of them. If you think real hard, you'll come up with uh, with some. Even if you are in a tough time in life, there are many things you have that you can be thankful for. You need to look for them and recognize them. The very act of focusing on what you're thankful for will help you maintain your positive attitude. And as I was mentioning earlier, this is something that I've, t- I've really taken to do. Uh, if I don't spend a lot of time, if I don't spend much time uh, doing meditation, which I don't really do that very much, I would like to get better at that. It's the whole quieting my mind thing that I'm still uh, working on <laughs> right it, now. <laughs> Not an easy process. Constant challenge. And uh, so – but but being thankful, that's something I've got down. I've been doing that for a while now, and I've gotten that down. In fact, I've written it, uh, written it down. So w- when you think of those things that you can be thankful for, write those down too. I mean we're talking about goals and how important it is to write down the things you want to accomplish in life because otherwise they're just flitting around in your mind. Maybe you'll remember them. Maybe you won't. But when they're down out in front of you, you've always got something you can call your attention to and say, all right, well, what is it that I'm – what is it I need to do? Well, when you write down what you're thankful for, then you have something that you can always refer to. Oh, yeah, I'm thankful for that. Oh, yeah, I'm thankful for that. I mean, it's it's True. easy to think up some of these things on a regular basis just because it's you know, you're going to be able to think of things you're thankful for. But having them written down allows you to have a much wider uh, list available to you at any given time of the things that you appreciate. And just, just going through the process of, to yourself, appreciating the things that are g- good about your life, it helps you focus on. On what's good, and focusing on what's good is better than focusing on what's wrong, don't you think?
1: Who could argue with that?
0: It's not to say that you should ignore the problems that you may be experiencing. Obviously, ignoring your problems isn't necessarily going to make them go away, but it's about keeping your mindset on a more positive track. And I think that uh, doing positive affirmations and being thankful or grateful or appreciative is very useful toward that end. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Number 10, and this is another biggie. They really wrapped up with the biggies here. Surround yourself with positive people. The people around you have a big impact on you. They impact who you are, how much money you'll make, and what you value. They also impact how you think. If you surround yourself with negative people, you'll be negative as well. You can't help it. Hearing negativity all day leads you to negativity, and the opposite is also true. So surround yourself with positive people, and you will be more positive.
1: Absolutely true.
0: And uh, this was restated in uh, one of our other lists that we'd done recently, and I, I know it was a quote from somebody, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, that you're the
1: average of the
0: five people you spend the most time with.
1: Wow, yeah. It's it's deep, but it's true. And or at I, least... Somewhat true.
0: Yeah, I, I generally believe this. This is how, this is one of those early lessons that I learned uh, when I was a teenager that I came across this. At that time, I was told that who you associate with will bring you up, or who your friends are will bring you up sure. or bring you down.
1: Birds of a feather. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's and it's so true. And I've seen it in my life, and I've seen it in in the lives uh, the lives of the people that I've associated with. You know, you you spend time with people that are self-destructive. All of a sudden, you find yourself doing self-destructive things. You spend your time with people that are of a positive mindset and moving forward in life and and moving up uh, in life, and you'll find yourself inspired. You'll find yourself uh, doing the same, you know, on the, on the same path. So choose your friends on that basis. And that's not to say that you you know you, you should not associate with people that are having a tough time in life. Certainly you'll have friends that are having a difficult time. And that's when it's ever the more important that you remain positive and be a good influence on that person. Because if you are one of their friends, then you're helping bring them up. Of course, the question is, are they spending their time with you know 80% negative people and 20% positive and you're that 20% positive? then that's going to be difficult for them it's going to be difficult for them to to pull out of that and i think it's at some point you know if you're not seeing your your friend uh, make the changes that you feel yeah. should be made maybe it's uh, it's an okay idea to not spend as much time sometimes with sometimes
1: it's a tough decision and yeah. it requires something bad to have happened where you sort of make that decision but there are you know there's some people that it's better to just let go and um you know move on and and if you care about them that is not an
0: easy thing it to is do not, at no. all. But if you put your effort in and you're not seeing them putting any effort into their themselves, if you're mm-hmm. if you're trying to give of yourself, you know, to them in order to help them overcome some issue and they're not moving forward and they're, you know, rejecting your
1: uh, any offers of assistance. You know, forward is as you define it. Um if they're yeah. not moving the direction that you want to see your life go, you know, like maybe you've got different goals, you know, and that's OK. That's fine. That's OK. Um, so
0: there you go. Uh one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That story again from dumb dot com. And I thought it was a pretty decent list of things. So we'd love to have your input if you want to jump in here. Otherwise, we continue with things that are interesting to us. The news is coming out of Rhode Island and some of our listeners and me included will consider this pretty good news. Rhode Island will shut down its state government for 12 whole days and hopes to trim millions of dollars in funding for local governments under a plan the governor outlined to balance a budget hammered by surging unemployment and plummeting tax revenue and the fact that uh, they refuse to cut their budget. Because if, if revenue's going down then cutting the budget in certain areas would be a way to handle that. But rather than cut the budget, they're just going to shut the government down for as many days as it takes to make up the difference.
1: Amazing, isn't it?
0: As though it's going to get better for them next year.
1: It's just amazing how these people work. But this is sort of how they have to do it because the government is, is such a conglomeration of alliances. Okay, I'll give you this if you give me that. Da, 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 da. I'll give you this stolen money, this stolen taxpayer benefit if you give me that stolen taxpayer benefit. And these people just sort of scratch each other's back and roll each other's logs all over the place to the point that it's not like they can really trim one of these uh, you know union jobs over another. If oh my God you're gonna you're gonna trim all the vocational rehabilitation employees uh, you know salaries what about the poor people
0: so they explode in controversy and rather than having one of the unions hate uh, the government bureaucrats that mm-hmm. are shutting down the their particular sector they'll just shut them all down equally is what you're saying.
1: It, it, it's the it's really just seems like the only option, doesn't it? I, I, it what it really takes uh, if you're going to work f- from inside the government, and I think that the only place that that's ever going to happen, and the reason that I moved for the Free State Project is here in New Hampshire. It's the only possible place where that could could possibly happen. It, you just have to peel the, the 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 bit the 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 skin off the onion one layer at a time and get down there to the point that the government is you know small enough that uh, it's it's manageable. I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, how far it necessarily is, is a good way to take it, but I'd like to see it get as small as possible.
0: The shutdown will force 81 percent of the roughly 13,550 member state workforce, excluding its college system, to stay home a dozen days without pay before the start of the new fiscal year in July. The closure comes as the worst recession in decades has eliminated hundreds of millions of dollars in tax collections and pushed unemployment to 12.7%, the second highest jobless rate in the nation behind Michigan. The governor predicted the state's fiscal future could grow even bleaker, saying there are going to be inconveniences for the public, and there are going to be sacrifices, as I said, for state employees. These steps right now are unavoidable if the state is to live within its budget, live within its means. He ordered the shutdown as an executive order, but said he's willing to negotiate a different deal with the state employees union so long as it saves the same amount of money, roughly twenty two million dollars. But time is short. The first shutdown day has been scheduled for September fourth. Additional shutdown days have been scheduled every month through June. Oh, I see how it's gonna work. So they're shutting it down one day a month until June, basically. Yeah. So it's not twelve days in a row, it's it's one day per month.
1: It's one day that the the taxpayers won't be getting robbed on. Well,
0: they're still being robbed the exact same amount. It's just that they're uh, paying. The gang
1: will not be as easy on that one particular day. The government day. didn't grow that much this this year. Toll free number
0: is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, and our number two is on the way. This is Free Talk Live.
2: Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military.
0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And we're inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right back into your phone calls, we'll go ladies first to Lauren, listening to WAIS in Ohio. Lauren, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lauren, going once, Lauren going twice. Lauren, thanks for the call. Let's try Daniel in Florida. Daniel, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Do we have Daniel? I
4: need nice to give Lauren my phone number. She can call me. Yeah,
0: hey, uh, right.
4: Man, <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, uh, I was calling because you 10 steps. Man, none of it's working for me. And uh, I guess my whole point is most of the time I'm pretty happy. When I, but when I do get depressed, it's all because uh, – the intolerance that is surrounding me, the government and brainwashing of people from government. I mean, it's like I help, you know. I try to help people. You know, people come to me for a calculus help or algebra. I do a lot of fabricating, but you know what? They get word that I might have smoked some weed down on the beach while playing frisbee or ate some mushrooms. Next thing you know, man, I'm like a bad person. And uh that, man. How are your awesome.
0: customers getting word that you've taken mushrooms?
4: Oh no, I mean just if if you talk freely to people like you guys talk. No, I mean that's not yeah, you know, I talk freely to people about the drug war yeah. and stuff like that. And uh man, it's like when you talk pe- to people about liberty, oh man, it's very difficult. But uh one thing that's helped me out a lot is you guys and now instead of the whole constitution thing, I'm talking about violence and non aggression and what you would lock somebody in the cage for and uh oh man, you guys are great.
0: Are you saying that that approach has helped you in your discussions with people or that they're just as frustrating? And it's just that you uh, have changed no, your approach. Oh,
4: definitely. Those, those are, well, man, I don't know about people, but those approaches are helping me because, man, I've been a big constitutionalist for, man, since I was a teenager and I read the Constitution. And sometimes, I'm 33 now, sometimes in my 20s, I just gave up and stopped talking to people about it because, but man, now. How,
5: how long have you, you been studying the, the message of liberty? How new are you to this idea?
4: Uh, I've been uh, I don't know, I've been studying the Constitution and understanding liberty for a while, okay. but uh, I never did understand it on the level of violence and aggression against people.
0: Right, and, most uh, people stop in their be- in the beginning
1: phases. They stop at the Constitution and say, "Yeah, oh, that sounds pretty good. I'll uh, I'll embrace that." And then well, you know the thing the the tough thing about yeah. the Constitution is somehow or another it's gotten us to where we are. And sure, people can say that they violated uh, the Constitution, but you know they set up a a body called the supreme court that has their the people that they appoint um on it to, to decide what it, what the what the document, document says in the first place so they they've sort of covered all their bases and you really have to ask yourself if the federal government was only meant to fulfill the four or five things that they're outlined in the constitution why did they have a legislative branch in the first place I mean, what not the legislative branch there to create laws? And it, it all it requires is a majority vote, so it's not like they were looking to really limit those laws mm-hmm. a great deal. So, I mean, uh, what, what is this whole un, idea of unconstitutional or not? Maybe the goal was to have a big, intrusive federal government like the one we have. I don't know, but we certainly have it. Daniel? Yeah, well,
4: I don't, I don't know either, but man, uh, checking out the guys at Free Keen and... Sam, I am, and Ian, and Delbert, and uh, man, just uh, your ideas are are great. And
6: uh, hey,
5: hey, Daniel, I think
4: about government for a long time.
5: I think as you move away from the constitutional arguments and you start moving into the pure voluntarious or liberty uh, mindset or come from in your discussions. Is that Sam? It is, yeah. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Yes, he has but joined I, us here for the remaining two hours of the show.
5: I, I think once you move away from that, what happens, what changes, is that you start challenging people's long-held beliefs about the state, what they learned in school, the way life is. And, you know, it's a lot harder to do that than it is to talk to people about how government has grown beyond its original mandates. Does that make sense? Uh,
4: yeah, uh, a lot of things you guys uh, say make sense. And uh, the thing that makes the most sense to me now is that when I talk to people about politics, I try to bring it all back now. To aggression and violence.
0: Yeah, it's a good. That. It's always I, a good idea because if you if you allow yourself to get mired down in the details of well, yeah, you know, let's look at this government program and analyze the statistics and see if it's really uh, you know effective compared to whatever else. I mean, you could do all that, but it requires a whole lot of work and effort and research and everything. And, and there's always something they can say to rebut you. There's always something that they have some arrow in their quiver that they can pull out and aha! Well, NASA's great too, you know, or whatever it is that. Yeah. Uh, That they've got. But if you nail it down to the issue of aggression, if you nail it down to the, you know, strike the root and you always come back to human beings and their interactions with one another and what is an appropriate way for human beings to interact with one another, there's not anything they can say to that besides defending the aggression. And that puts them in a very uncomfortable position.
5: And what took me a long time was, Learning how to to get that across in a way that's non-confrontational, that they're not going to immediately reject and start questioning, you know, me or or my position or, you know, doing the character attacks that we see so often on freekeen.com.
0: Thank you, Daniel, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you and uh, keep uh, working on improving yourself. 800-259-9231. I I know it's a constant uh, process in my life. 1-800-259-9231. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. Did you hear any of the first hour, Sam, per chance? I heard uh, most of it, yeah. Okay, okay, because that that would have been a great hour for you to be here. I we're know. We are talking uh, <laughs> about being more positive. You're certainly welcome to throw something in here in a bit. Let's go to Lauren. I think she's actually there at this point. Lauren in Ohio, listening to WAIS. Are you there, Lauren?
7: Yes, I am. All right.
0: What's on your mind tonight?
7: Um, Hey, a couple things. I was just thinking about what you were just saying, and... I have a saying, we best protect when we respect. We best protect each other when we respect the truth. And the bottom line is, you know, I am God's gift to me, you are God's gift to you. If you don't believe in God, that's fine. But each one of us is our own kingdom, our own land, our own piece of consciousness that we're supposed to control. This rogue government is supposed to be serving the people and protecting their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That was the purpose for which they were... Put together. Uh, now, yeah, but that's
0: rem- all. But that's all a cover story. I mean, well, no, it, it's ideally, just what they did. Uh, well, no, but ideally that would be nice. But the only way that government could possibly be constructed in that fashion is to do things on a voluntary basis. Well, the,
7: no, but this is my point. It is voluntary. That's why the Fourteenth Amendment says all persons born or naturalized in the United States. Lauren, and I tried telling them that the I didn't consent.
0: That. Lauren, I tried telling them I didn't consent to their system because it says in the First Amendment of the New Hampshire Constitution that consent's required for uh, for good government. Uh, That's when they
1: gave you 30 days for the first time you said he didn't consent. Yeah, 30 (laughs) days in jail, followed by 30 more, followed by 30 more.
7: Here's the thing. I know they're violating a lot of their rules, codes, regulations, and statutes that are supposed to limit them and abusing the people, but it's actually our fault because, you know, we go through their school systems where they mass indoctrinate and – you know, you can't really. The, people don't even know this is a republic, not a democracy. I mean, you know, mob. The rule difference is a doesn't. I
0: mean, the difference got, is so subtle, though. I mean, a republic is basically well, no, 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 where it's you. Well,
7: not subtle at all. Well, a uh, republic is, is, is where you democratically. Wait a
0: minute, Lauren. A republic is where you democratically elect people to so-called represent you, it, which isn't possible.
7: Republic is all equal under the law, which means you don't have government workers, government servants, able to abuse you, rob you. Uh, so, all so what Lauren, doing.
5: Lauren, how can government protect life, liberty, and property if they first must take it in order to do so?
7: Well, no, but my look, it, I'm not for any no, of this. She's I was just making the point that they are not honoring the, the Constitution is what they but, for in Osama and I, Malt, Okay, If we can't even get to that part, what's the <laughs> point of participating in this whole thing? But cool. anyway, I just was calling about the money thing where you were talking about they're taking off one day a month.
6: Yeah. Hey, yeah. check this, is this out. Island. This
7: is out of the Constitution, okay, the Constitution of the United States of America. The Constitution shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meeting shall be on the first Monday in December, unless they shall by law appoint a different day. All they're supposed to do is meet once a year and say, hey, did anybody violate the Constitution in any way? That's it. They're not supposed to be sitting there trying to figure out how to run our lives. How to educate our children? How to take care of our health? How to save for our retirement? Yeah, well, will try telling them that tell though. What to put in our bodies? Here, have a vaccine full of poison. I wouldn't. Stand Lauren, still I share. For you to shoot me. Lauren,
0: I share your frustration. But wait, wait, what, did
1: you say oh, no, that? No, no, I'm not wait, frustrated. No, 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 I'm Lauren, Lauren, that doesn't no. make any sense to me. Now you're saying the legislative branch is supposed to meet to see whether or not people violated the Constitution. I thought that that was—I mean, that's what I was taught. The Supreme Court was for.
7: Well, no, no, no. But my point is, they only were supposed to meet once a year. They're not supposed to be meeting all year figuring so out, get out how them to we're stop. We're they started their crap live.
1: real early, I can tell you that much. Thanks, I mean, it, Lauren. It,
0: Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Can the Constitution be gotten back to... This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line. Tonight, joining you, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free, including the Wiki, with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I
1: wiki.freetalklive.com. And I just watched a, a new Low Country Liberty Report. Uh, that Rid- ridleyographer over there uh, from Savannah, Georgia, focuses on pro freedom issues from around the country. He was up at the Live Free or Die Fest. I think he st- might still be in town. Uh, nope, uh, he had to catch an airplane out. Okay, excellent. Well, um, you can see his ridley reports, or see his, his, his reports at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com. I enjoy them, and uh, you can get updates on Facebook or Twitter.
0: So we were on the phone with uh, Lauren there for a moment from Ohio talking about the – she was talking about the Constitution and – how, the in, in her opinion, the government is no longer adhering to the Constitution, and of course she's absolutely right about that. The Constitution was in its original intention was as a set of rules for the government to follow. A lot of people have come to the belief that the Constitution grants them rights, and the Constitution uh, essentially gives them rules, and really it's, a, it's a, a rule set for the government, and they never really have bothered to follow it. It's just that they follow it even less now than they ever have in the past. And of course, as many people do who love the idea of freedom, she was opining about how uh, things could get if things could get back to the Constitution that sure would be great. And at the same time she also said that she agreed with us uh, when we were pointing out that you know the government is violent and that it should be operating on a on a consensual basis. It should be operating based on consent rather than threats of violence. she while well, she agreed with that, she also seemed to be very of the constitutional mindset. and the Constitution authorizes taxes. So it's in the Constitution. Violence is enshrined within the Constitution. The government from its formation was not intended to be a voluntary organization. It's a it's a government. Now, I know, Mark, you say that, you you know, would I, you'd like to see someone experiment with the idea of a government that was funded on a voluntary basis. And I would be fine with that if people wanted to do business on a, a voluntary basis based out of consent. And call themselves a government they 'd be okay with me as long as i wasn't forced to pay for what they're they're uh, they're doing i don't want to
1: pay for your government schools
0: i'm not in, I'm not interested in that i well, don 't care if it says it in your constitution
1: i think that um I, I think the idea of everybody operating in a voluntary world is a great idea. I just think that you know the only way you're going to get from point A to point B is by having a plan. And it seems to me that the plan in order to get rid of the government either has to be one of two things. Um, either you have to have a bloody revolution or you've, uh, you've got to educate people to the point that we can uh, peacefully get rid of this thing. And to, to me, peacefully mm-hmm. get rid of it means shrinking the size of government. And one of the ways to educate people is to show them that smaller government works.
0: Yeah, I'm all in favor of that. I think education is is very important, but I think you'll see a shrinking in the size of government if you can convince people to go voluntary. I mean, that's really the only thing that that needs to change here is that if these government bureaucrats begin operating on a voluntary basis, then I have no more objection with what they're doing. (laughs)
5: Yeah, but Ian, people look at this issue and say, well, we have to have government, and they can give you a hundred reasons as to why, because... They, they have been taught so well by the government school system that, you know, we have to have this apparatus out here doing this. Otherwise, society would fall apart. And they believe that. So they don't see, you know, letting the market take over or having a, doing things on a purely voluntary basis as an even a viable option.
0: Well, that's where our job comes in, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's continue with your calls and talk to Fritz in Missouri. Fritz, you're on Free Talk Live. Okay, thank you, yes Fritz.
8: Uh, I'm calling on Skype. Is the audio all right? Sounds
0: fine. Go ahead. What's on your mind tonight?
8: okay, you're on an open you're on an open speaker system in the house, and I have a handheld mic. Um, speaking about education, I think I can clear up some of this how they usurped our our authority. and uh, if you look at the uh, if you look at the first sentence in Article Three, section one of the Constitution, and if you will use, if you will use your your grade school skills and diagram that sentence the, i don't have it uh, handy do you happen yeah. to have it
1: i've stopped worshiping yeah. it like Did a just... religious document these days so i just don't i don't keep it around as much
8: yeah well i'm i'm looking at it online i don't have it laying here either okay. uh my, my my friend is uh, was in the marines and he learned the law because he was a law clerk in the marines and he has a great website called sanityclause.com and he has some great writings on there, and this is one of his writings, and his name is Sanity Claus. He's a rainbow person. Uh, the judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. And if you diagram that sentence, you will see that Congress never had authority to create the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is us. And Congress only has authority to create such inferior courts, from time to time. That's all very we academic.
6: Court.
0: That's all very academic. What is? What? How does that translate into reality? How does that translate into into
8: action well, in, in into reality, the future? That's how they stole. That's how they stole our sovereignty.
1: They got it. And now that they've had our sovereignty for 250 and then, years, what do we do? Wait, wait a
0: minute. Now, how does that? Uh, how does a sentence on a piece of paper steal sovereignty? I would say that your sovereignty was stolen the moment you decided to give it up, the moment you decided to bow down before and the and obey whatever they're telling you to do.
8: Well, you know, as I'll use your argument, I didn't decide that. My ancestors decided that.
0: No, no, but, you um, decided every single day of your life. You decide to go along with the system as much as you decide to go along with it. Well, I do too. I, I go I, along with it too.
5: Unless you were born into slavery, the, I mean if 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 I your ancestors decided this for you. I don't go along you, with the system. If your ancestors decided this for you, then you were born into slavery, is that what you're saying? Sure.
0: You say and you don't go along with pull, the system? Do you pay taxes? This is how they pull when, well, if you don't work,
8: you don't have to pay taxes, do you?
0: Do you have a house?
8: I have a house.
0: I do pay some property tax. And you know, you're going along with the system. I, don't,
8: I pay as few taxes
0: as I can. I, I do, look I'm not I'm not jumping down your throat on this. I do too. Well, I, yeah, I, I you are to...
8: you jump down everybody's no, throat. No, I'm not. Right? Not trying motorcycle. to jump down
0: your throat here I'm telling you I do the same thing okay I do the same exact thing but it's our choices that have given up our sovereignty not some line on a constitution not some old document that a bunch of dead guys wrote a couple hundred years ago that didn't do anything that's just a, a words on paper it's our choices collectively that have uh, gotten us to this point if we just decided to choose differently if more people decided to minimize the taxes you pay uh, they paid or not pay at all and not go along with the tots and the uh, the demands of these government people, then they would be completely powerless because they couldn't throw everybody in a prison cell. But because everybody's oh, afraid so of being the first person to step out of line, uh, the government is very effective at keeping people on un- very unfree.
8: So we could decide to create our own Supreme Court and, uh, and challenge this.
5: Well, that's the thing. It's... When we talk about changing people's minds, it's, the, the world is existing because people believe this is the way it should be. That, Like I was talking about earlier, they well, believe in this apparatus of the state that it's necessary, and just going and creating a competing entity that people don't really believe in, is, I don't think is going to do much to change things.
8: Well, well I, I don't disagree with, with any of your arguments, really. I'm trying to explain to people, and the woman that just called was great. I'm trying to give her some background as to how this how this was done, and I'd like to continue. Later in history, at a state level in the 40s during World War II when nobody was paying attention, the Bar Association in most states got laws passed in most states, and I believe Illinois was the first state. In Missouri, I think it's RSMO... Tell you what, you'll have to call us
0: again and give us more of this later. I thank you for the call. We've got to move on. Uh, But, you know, what I'd like to hear from you is uh, let us know how that process goes with you creating your own Supreme Court. We'd love to hear how effective that, that works out at attaining liberty. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live.
1: On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Well, now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some very special rates on some of my favorite gold and silver pieces. If you've seen the Lakota Nation Silver Round from the Free Lakota Bank, you know it's one of the most beautiful pieces available today. And a really fun way of giving the Federal Reserve the middle finger. Free Talk Live listeners can get them for the absurdly low rate of $19.70. That's right, $19.70. Call 877-857-9938 or go to silver.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can at once. It's 877-857-9938, silver.freetalklive.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. The toll free number is 800 259 9231. The SACL CAI toll free line, 1 800 259-9231. Tonight it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. Enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. And those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about. From serious issues to fun stuff, you'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows the that the uh, that you want to collect your money and keep your clients, too. So check out their banner at freetalklive.com and go visit SACL, C-A-I. So let's continue taking your phone calls and go to Keith in Pennsylvania on the Amp Line. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, what's up, Free Talk Live? Keith, what's on your mind I'm tonight?
9: I'm on a Skype call, too, so hopefully you can hear me okay.
0: It's working out. Go on.
9: I right, good. So uh, the other day on, I think it was Friday, you guys were discussing uh, reality and consciousness. Yes. And so I wanted to kind of explore what you had said. You, um, I think the quote that you read was that reality exists independently of
10: consciousness.
0: Okay, this is – whoa, 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 hold on, hold this on. This is the objectivist uh, – that's, that's the obje- – that was not the quote that I am agreeing with. That was the quote I was disagreeing okay. with. The objectivist uh, – an objectivist called us the night before and was asking us, why aren't you guys objectivists? And so we got into this this a brief discussion, then brought it up the next night, and that's when I read from Wikipedia what their definition of objectivism was. And I said, well, I couldn't possibly be an objectivist because I disagree with the first ten words – and that right. that was it.
9: Okay, so I think you you guys I think uh Sam and Ian and and, and myself have differing views on that statement. So I was kind of calling to explore what you had meant by that reality doesn't exist independently of consciousness or you can't no, subscribe I'd, to that.
0: Right, that I notion. didn't make this I didn't make the contrary statement. Uh, let me read the exact okay. phrase from the Objectivism okay. Wikipedia article. And I'll explain and I have
9: some questions for
0: you then. By all means, we'll get to that here. And since Sam's okay. here tonight, I I want him to chime in on this as well, since he wasn't here for the original conversation. The statement right at the front of the description from uh, for objectivism is: Objectivism holds that reality exists independent of consciousness. And all I said was that's uh, that's not a belief that I wish to subscribe to because first of all, you can't prove it. Um and I I just don't I, I don't feel comfortable basing my beliefs right. around that particular said, statement.
9: I think you said that it was a leap of faith to subscribe to that.
0: It is so and it's okay to, it's okay for people okay. to you know take a leap of faith into something that they really want to believe in. But that's not something sure. that I that I want to believe in.
9: All right, so so I'm disagreeing with you. Okay. Okay. So here's my question. Uh, you guys are probably sitting in a room right now. Okay, and the room feels real,
0: mm-hmm, right?
9: Sure. So, so, so the question, I guess, is for Sam. Sam, if Ian died right now, would the room still exist?
5: Uh, yes. Okay,
9: Ian. <laughs> I feel like Ian, I'm being
0: shut up died, here.
9: <laughs> Ian, if if you died, would the room
1: still exist?
0: I would say the odds are pretty good that that uh, you know what you expect to
1: happen will happen. I can um, absolutely okay, so- unequivocally say if I die all of the universe ceases to exist. <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so the universe re- revolves around you, Mark. Okay, we, we already know that. Yes. Um, so, so my question uh, is, uh, whose consciousness are we talking about? Is it my consciousness, your consciousness, Marks. everyone's consciousness?
5: Marks. Well, I think you, what you're basing that presumption on is that uh, consciousness dies with uh, the, the physical body. Is that, is that something you would say you agree with? You
9: know, I don't know the answer to that. I tend to believe that it does because I don't have any evidence. Uh, you know, I hear stories. I hear people talking about seeing ghosts, but I, I tend not to believe it.
6: Mm-hmm. I
9: tend to be kind of um, skeptical about it. I guess it's a possibility, but, you know, is it a certainty? Absolutely not. It's not a certainty.
5: So, um, so, so do you so, think, let me ask you what, one more question there if I can. Okay. Do you think sure. that uh, it's, it's you're completely self-contained within your body and it's, it's the body that's actually animating itself not something else that's driving it to to think to explore to choose
9: i think that um you know the brain is a mystery we don't totally understand it but okay. it is an organ and and somehow consciousness arises and emerges from these complex processes that are happening inside our brains okay i mean that's that i think that that's a pretty reasonable um, that, you know state statement
5: that's a belief yeah and that would be the, it's, the it's a f- belief. fundamental belief where i would differ with you i think that okay. there is a soul that's driving the the physical body that the that
0: consciousness is separate from the brain yeah and
5: right. continues after okay. the body dies
9: no uh, now life is very um uh, mysterious um, i agree with that um, consciousness is a very unique thing it's 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 also a mystery to me um but i mean in in the in my life experience i don't have any evidence uh that i will be conscious um you know beyond death so that so i just don't know i'll find out one day but you know uh, I I don't either. either.
0: You'll find out in
1: an eternity of fiery torment. (laughs) If I may
0: uh, insert something here, if I may insert something, there have been some uh, indicators. I don't know exactly what the studies were. I remember we read a story about this maybe a year ago on on the show, and it was about how there have been some people who've claimed that when they've had a near-death experience, that they have risen from, uh, their consciousness has essentially risen from their body, and they were able to observe what was going on in the room in which their body was, uh, was being held. So if it was in a hospital right. room, they would see what was, uh, they ghost? would see what was, I'm not saying it's a, it's a ghost, I'm saying their consciousness was able right. to experience uh, from outside and, of themselves what was, what was so happening. Then when they come back, the they're able story. hold on a second, when they come back, okay. they're able to recall certain details that they shouldn't have been able to recall because they were supposedly unconscious while they were on right. the operating table. There are people that are doing some studies to try to determine whether this is a hoax or not or whatever, but right. nonetheless, it's certainly an interesting indicator, a possible indicator, of what consciousness might really be doing at the, at the time of death.
9: It's interesting. I agree. It, that has never happened to me. Has it happened to you?
0: I haven't had any near-death experiences in that way. No, certainly not.
9: Right. Maybe one day we will, and we'll be a total believer. Um, you guys know that you guys get all kinds of uh, crazy ideas, callers calling in about all kinds of things. So um, I tend to discount those stories and, until I have more proof. So Have but the you, read, thing uh, have you
5: read Edgar Casey and and looked into some of the things he did?
9: I haven't uh, and I'm willing to. Uh, yeah, I would that? suggest that
5: he was a oh, uh, okay. he would go into a trance and would be able to diagnose uh, medical conditions, complex medical conditions along with the cures that uh would these these were natural remedies and so forth that would help these people and these were people that he had never met that were he was just given their name and their date of birth and their location during the reading. He would go into this trance, he would be able to explore the body and uh diagnose these complex things, and they would be right on and cure people. And there are, I think, he's, eventually they started an institute where they, it was a hospital, free care, where they would uh, do this kind of treatments and so forth. And uh, there are hundreds and hundreds of documented cases of him uh, diagnosing ailments. And he had a grade school education. He was not a doctor.
9: Okay, I'm willing to look into that. Um, the second thing I wanted to talk about, um, the context of that, uh, statement from Friday was in regards to objectivism mm-hmm. and, and uh, I've read a little bit of Ayn Rand I'm not a uh, you know, an expert on it I'm not a convert to objectivism Me neither um, but, Right, but I think it is um, it's compatible with voluntarism from what I understand
0: um, Not from the objectivists have, uh, that I've talked to These are people that well, want to support the some. war in Iraq
9: But, look. Right. but I, I've, I've met plenty of libertarians that want to support the war in They're Iraq They're not I've real libertarians people. I agree, but that they, that they self-describe as as libertarians. I
0: don't want um, to be associated with libertarians because of people like that, and I wouldn't want to be associated okay. with objectivists because of people like that. I don't Understood. know any voluntarists, Understood. anybody that considers themselves a voluntarist, who supports the okay. war in Iraq.
9: Understood. I'll give you two uh, examples. Um, you have the Liberty Radio Network, and you also have two podcasts on your network. One is Stefan you I guess I would consider him a post-objectivist. He, he came to liberty through Ayn Rand's philosophy. Also, Wes Bertrand, the Liberty uh, the Complete Liberty podcast.
0: Oh, yeah, I He's love Wes Bertrand. Very... Complete Liberty is a yeah, great we'll, we'll... show. We'll get back to you here in a moment. Hang on, Keith. You can continue. 800-259-9231. That's the Sekel-CAI toll-free line. So am I to presume this gentleman is an objectivist? I haven't asked that question yet. I guess we'll find out here in moments. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. And if you enjoy this program and you'd like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's no additional cost to you. The same great Amazon prices that you're used to, it's just that Amazon's going to take a cut of their profits and send it to Free Talk Live for sending them the business. So start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. That is amazon.freetalklive.com. We've got Keith on the line here in Pennsylvania, and we're kind of rehashing the conversation that we've had over the, the last week or so on this program about objectivism. Something that I honestly don't know very much about, and I had to go to the Wikipedia article to pull it up because we were asked in the past, well, why aren't you guys subjectivists? Ayn Rand and all that. And I don't really know that much about Ayn Rand. I've read Anthem, which is one of her shorter books, and I read that back when I was in high school before I'd really even come to the, the liberty message in any significant fashion. So I never really went down that road. I just It just wasn't part of my liberty education, if you will. And so looking at the definition of objectivism and having come to the kind of uh, appreciation of the metaphysical, uh, spiritual kind of viewpoint at this point in my life, looking at the first few uh, few words in the definition immediately sent off a red flag for me. This also, And what was also a red flag was the fact that many people who call themselves objectivists support the government and support uh, government aggression, things like war and, and stuff. Stuff like that, and I don't want to be associated with uh, with that kind of thing. So that that alone would have been enough for me to just say I'm not interested in objectivism. But when I look at the first few words, it, uh, it turned me off. But Keith is here with us, and Keith is in Pennsylvania. Keith, are you an objectivist?
9: Hey guys, I am not an objectivist. Okay, I, I, I appreciate philosophy, and uh, you know I take what I like from certain philosophies, and I disregard the rest. And same thing is true with uh, you know, Rain wrote a bunch of fiction books. They're entertaining. You really have to dig for her personal philosophy in those fiction books. Um, if you want to read like a short essay of actual uh, philosophy from her, uh, you could read For the New Intellectual. And uh, I guess you can get that on, what is it, com slash?
11: FTL.
5: That
0: I'm sure that dot slash FTL.
5: It's
9: a short essay. It's only about 40 pages long, and it's, you know, it really distills down her personal philosophy. I, I, could give you, I could do my best to give you
0: a brief synopsis of it if you're interested. By all means. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm interested I'm not as, as far as it. it's, it's a conversation we're having. I don't know how, how much I'm going to dig in, but I'm sure there are people listening that may be very interested. So go ahead.
9: Yeah, I guess my motivation is um, I see objectivism as kind of the on-ramp and not necessarily the destination to a philosophy of liberty, and I think a lot of people... Take that on ramp, and I think to alienate them might not, you know, benefit our, our calls.
0: Who's well, a- who's alienating them? Oh, Keith, Keith, I think we're losing see Keith. later. There. To alienate them, what is it? What have we have we alienated people by saying that we're not necessarily interested in uh, learning a whole lot about this? Like by the fact that I've seen uh, stuff about objectivism that doesn't interest me. Am I alienating people by being honest about my opinion? I mean, if that's what you're suggesting, I don't know. Let me see if Keith, is... Keith, are you still well, there? Can you hear me? Is that what you were saying? Hello. You had a little uh, fuzz on your line there. Can you hear us, Keith?
9: That's probably much good. I can hear you fine. Okay, you so,
0: y- yeah, all is well. Uh, just your line went to, uh, yeah. to crap there for a moment. So did you, Sorry, you hear what I was saying about the what you were claiming about yeah. alienation? What were you getting at there?
9: Well, I th- you know, I guess I meant by that um, you had seen voluntarism and objectivism as mutually exclusive, and I, I don't think they are, and if you present it that way, that might cause some alienation. That's my only... Uh, that's my perception of what the conversation
0: was Friday I'm going to say that to me, from my experience, voluntarism is not the same as libertarianism. From my observation and my experience of knowing libertarians and well, being one at one time in my life. Well, you, you, found, what, you is, found
1: one objectivist who with whom you disagreed. Now, imagine for a second, Ian, that you would have run across some voluntarist with whom you disagreed before you understood. I think
0: I found more than one objectivist, but I pr- I bring that one out because it's most memorable. Okay, I, know, I don't Ayn remember others.
9: Ayn Rand was against World War One and World War Two, from what I understand. I remember I reading was,
0: that Ayn Rand didn't even like libertarians, so clearly she, she got thought, an thought an there was an argument right. with
1: Murray Rothbard. Man. She
0: thought there was some need for a coercive government, and she, some she other was people. an
1: egomaniac, okay.
0: dude. That's all.
9: She she was an egomaniac. And definitely, and you know her philosophy, I think, can lead to some type of narcissism honestly i mean there 's a lot of uh you know she talks about rational self interest which I think is a good you know way to view the world, but it can lead to lead to complete selfishness and narcissism, which is not a healthy way to think so i mean that that would be the negative from mm-hmm. her philosophy but but just briefly um she saw the world in Kind of three main groups. Um, one of them were people that want to use force to get their way. Um, the others were people that want to use mysticism and religion and guilt to get their way. And, and those two groups kind of cooperate to to suppress and feed off the third group, which is the producers. They're the, they're the men of the mind, is the way she called it. And these are people that use their mind to innovate and to produce. They're the businessmen, they're the scientists, they're the inventors. And they actually lift uh, mankind out of, you know, a state of nature and give us all the things that make our life better. And it's the, it's the people that use force and coercion and the people that use mysticism and, and guilt, they try to control the producers. And really, I'd say that's, that's all
0: an astute observation.
9: Yeah, and, 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 and so do I. And that's really what Atlas Shrugged is all about. The producers go on strike, and they go to a place called Gulch, Gulch, and they refuse to give up the, the fruits of their labor to these other two groups.
0: and Yeah, kind of like kinda what's going to happen in New out. Hampshire.
9: Exactly, what, right. exactly like that. Right? So anyway, that, that was my uh, two cents on it. And uh, I think, like I said, objectivism, I've never met a person that is still an objectivist. I think people move on beyond it.
0: Well, then I I must say I feel like I've moved on beyond it without ever knowing what it really is in the first place, because I can't see... Because I can't see. As the last guy that we were talking to about this was asking, "Well, why aren't you objectivists? objectivist?" Well, I I don't see any reason to to be an objectivist. There's no uh, there's no uh, there's no enticement for me. What what? How yeah. would it benefit me to call myself an objectivist? I don't really even know what the term means beyond the fact that I would agree with Ayn Rand on pretty much everything, uh, whatever that means. I know that I uh, I agree that people should be interacting on a voluntary basis. I presume that a lot of objectivists feel that way, but I don't for, I don't right. know for certain based on the conversations I've had. So I think. I'll just stick with being a voluntarist because it's a very simple thing to describe. People should interact with one another. Human okay. beings should interact on a voluntary basis. Why do I need more than that?
9: All right, you're right about that. But let me, let me just uh, uh, toss this idea out at you. Toss away. Even in a, volu- in a voluntary society, we're, g- we're still going to have enclaves of ideas. Uh, for instance, religion. The Catholic Church is a huge organization they used to deal in coercion now they don't now they deal in mysticism they deal in in uh, in guilt
6: mm-hmm. and
9: that's a very powerful thing and it and it motivates people to contribute you know to their organization and to blindly sure. follow it you know and that's just one example there's many examples
0: yeah and i'm no so, fan of organized religion no doubt about that
9: sure and so that's the mysticism part of it you know mysticism kept humanity in a state of you know mud huts grass skirts and mass dancing around the campfire being afraid of evil spirits, I mean that was that is that's the the bad the downside of mysticism so what what and is objectivism, in society
5: what does objectivism say should be done about this? That's what i'm not understanding well,
9: it, so so she promotes rationality and reason um and that's where you know this idea of uh, reality existing independent of our perception of it that's where reason comes into play when it when an when an inventor invents a new uh you know gadget or you know the airplane or the wheel whatever it is. They have to bend reality to fit their vision of reality, but they're starting from reality. They, they can't snap their fingers and have something come into place. Right. They have to bend reality to their will using their mind and using reason. And that's you know that's really the, what the producers do. Okay. And, you know, so that's my take on it. I figured I'd throw that out there. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, Keith. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Uh, yeah I think it's it's certainly uh, there's a point to saying that okay we are here making these observations about what we consider to be reality but you and I were talking over the break Sam and uh we're I think you and I and Mark I think as well is uh, pretty much on board with this idea we're we're trying to look at things from outside of our our perspective
5: yeah like I what I got from Keith from listening to him early on in his call is that He's he's kind of entertaining the idea that maybe as as human beings we're self contained within the body and we're completely driven by this uh, physical body and this organism that. Well, comes those have been his life.
0: observations. That's his rationale, right? That's yeah. that's that's
5: what he's determined based on his experiences. And I think what we're saying is, or what we may be, what I believe—I don't know about you guys, but is that there's more to that, that there's this uh, spirit aspect to it that uh, maybe goes on beyond the body, that uh, there's more to life, that we're all connected in some way that maybe science hasn't discovered yet.
0: And I agree with that. And science, it seems, is beginning to discover these there, things, yes. actually. Uh, there's some very interesting quantum experiments that have gone on that are pretty revealing and very intriguing in, in that fashion. And I think that, that that belief system that you're describing, Sam, and I hold it, and Mark, I think, Mark, you also hold that uh, belief system as well, By uh, large. that, I think... I probably would be enough to break us away from Ayn Rand as far as she sounds like a very, you know, based in her observations, rational, oh, if you can't, you know, if it can't be proven, it must not be true. Yep. Um, well, I, I've kind of moved away from that perspective. And we can continue on this path here in a few moments and take your calls as well at 800-259-9231 because there are some things that uh, that happen that just will cause you to question reality itself. More coming up. It's free talk live. Is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're launching into the third hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 800 259 9231. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to. I believe we have, uh, again, you can bring up anything here. Let's go to Jesse in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jesse. Uh,
12: hello there.
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
12: Okay, well, I called to talk about, um, last, last night you had a caller, he's a regular caller, I forget his name. He called to talk about the resource-based economy discussed in the movie Zeitgeist 2. And um, I, I really felt that you didn't properly explain what, what, what's involved
0: with it. I don't think yeah. I really know what's involved with it. From what I understood of what he said, uh, it has to do with eliminating money and eliminating barter and eliminating like any sort of medium of exchange uh, go-between between uh, people that have things they want to buy and sell. And that, to me, is, like Mark said, a very Star Trek kind of idea like where everybody would have to have – uh, replicator machines to even get close to some sort of a world like that. So maybe you can better explain it because it certainly yeah, yeah, was confusing. I was, was
12: going to give you the, the the elevator pitch.
0: Okay, you know? go ahead.
12: And that is, uh, you know, there, there's certain natural resources that people need to make certain things, and yeah. so they're out there. And so basically, you just kind of uh, allocate these natural resources as need be.
0: Who? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. You just kind of allocate these natural resources as need be. Who is you, and how is it that you are kind of allocating them?
12: Well, you see, here's the thing, is you don't have to worry about things like these petty little things like compensation for your labor or anything, because if you watch Zeitgeist 2, they talk about having tons of robots to do all the work for you. That's ah, okay. the thing you guys left out. There's,
0: so we're talking about something that would be happening in a Star Trek-like future, where yeah. wealth has been created to the point where there is no more need for a medium of exchange. Where the you know we've tapped into some sort of free energy source, and uh, so, you can have yeah. replicators and, and as many robots as you want to, now, and the robots are fixing the robots, so you don't have to fix pay, to, pay someone to fix the robots. And so you're talking can about the very robots.
1: Robots fix the replicators. Sure sure, sure yeah, sure, yeah. what about the robot everything. fix what about the uh, robot fixing uh the, the replicator fixing robots? who fixes those well
12: the, the universal fixing robots they can fix everything I the see the so fix, so at that point yeah.
1: all labor and all um all uh, everything everything that is the goods and services no longer have value because they are no longer scarce what
0: will mm-hmm. stop the robots from eliminating the uh, pe- the pesty humans that are just there sucking off of their efforts. <laughs>
12: Well, they're, they're not. They can't be autonomous. That would be, that would be a death sentence. Of course, <laughs> everybody watches movies.
0: So, what you are saying then is this so-called resource-based economy isn't some kind of vision for uh, implementation immediately, but some sort of Star Trek science fiction. Uh... It
12: requires a major special pleading.
0: A major you know? what? Special? special
12: pleading. It's like a, like an argument that involves something that you can't
0: prove. You know, a special pleading. Yeah, it's 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 a fantasy uh, idea, which okay, okay, fine. You know, once we yeah. get to the point of having an unta, you know an un, untappable uh, untappably large uh, inter, uh, energy source that just keeps coming and coming, and we can just turn that into whatever the hell we want to turn it into, and it's have fabulous. This, I think we yeah. should. I
1: argue for it. And anybody who speaks against it <laughs> is is a luddite. I hate them. <laughs> I am for what you say. I All mean, right. this is stupid, is what this is. <laughs> you cleared it uh, up. I, I love it, but it's it it is at there is absolutely no point in talking about it except in the realm of being able to sell science fiction books.
0: Yeah, well, if you thought the voluntary society was uh, un, un, unattainable in your lifetime, yes. try this one. All right.
1: <laughs> I'm for the voluntary society right. and machines that can that allow me to have as many ice cream sundays and sex with Brooke Shields. I'm for those too.
5: I, I'm with you there, but I, I think it's interesting to think. Think about it—you know—a society that no longer needs money because you have this replicator machine—it's uh, it, it's going to go undergo a fundamental change. It's it, sure it would is. be ideas that would become the currency because everybody would be—if uh, you could do anything—you would be looking for that new experience, that new thing, whatever it is. It's it's, it's gluttony at its uh, at its worst.
0: And, and maybe by that point, I mean it's it's so difficult to. Um, it's fun to imagine these things, but difficult to figure out which one's actually going to happen because it can be all manner of different things. I mean, for instance, by the time technology is to the point where you have this this untappable energy source or it, it, a uh, – what's the word for it? Uh, an untappable Perpetual, not right. Perpetual motion, motion machines. Perpetual motion machines. Uh, you know energy that never runs out that kind of thing and of course we know that that's available because energy just changes form so it's just a matter of figuring out how to, uh, to to best utilize that but maybe we'll get to the point where the internet is uh, so interconnected that we're all jacking in uh, to our brains and like we don't even have to we've we've merged with robot bodies we don't need to feed ourselves anymore so we become these robots and uh, and who knows I mean, it could be anything right what's I mean,
5: the there's a cartoon movie about that where they're all on the spaceship and they're in their remote control chairs that they buzz around, they talk on the phone and watch TV, and they drink these big, big uh, uh, milkshake drinks, and they're all like 400 pounds and can't get out of their chairs anymore, but the
0: robots <laughs> just take care of everything. It's great. So, yeah, any of these things are uh, are possible. So there you go. Thanks for clearing that up. Anything else on your mind tonight? No,
12: I just wanted to have a few laughs with you guys
0: about that. Thanks, Jesse. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Let's go to Johnson. In Connecticut, Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line.
3: Hey, how's it going? Hey, Johnson. So I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about objectivism. Okay. Okay, so I think your views on objectivists in general are – it's almost like a little bit of collectivism on your part, and because you're judging them based on a few people who you've met and not necessarily on the philosophy itself, which you've basically expressed that you have no interest in actually – learning about, which is somewhat collectivist to judge, you know, to judge such a large notion by such a small few, uh, so, group of people.
5: So Johnson, I've been trying to find out all night, what is it that sets objectivism apart from a voluntary, a pure voluntary society? And I haven't really gotten an answer because that's what would kill it for me.
3: See, I don't necessarily think that there is anything that sets objectivism against, uh, against the voluntary society. In fact, um, Ian, you said you read Anthem, which is sort of a very short story, mm. uh, but with this, you know, super liberty hero at the center of this uh, story, which I think is, it's great. And it may have actually had some influence on you, especially if you read it while you were younger and you might not even realize it. But uh, her real opus is uh, Atlas Shrugged, which the main central character uh, of that book uh we can talk about Galt's Gulch. I'm sure everybody everybody in the liberty movement has heard something of Galt's Gulch. Well, the oath that one needs to take to get into Galt's Gulch that's very central to the story is, I swear that I will live my life for – or I swear by my life and my love of it that I will live my life for no man, nor expect that he live his for me. Pretty much – that's pretty much a voluntarist – statement right there. And I think there are mm-hmm. a lot of objectivists out there that are very confused and have taken that uh, that phrase, my love of life, uh, to mean uh, that they'd be willing to defend themselves at very uh, aggressive costs. In other words, I don't think that you guys have very well-defined views as to when, what level of aggression, in other words, at what level do you fight back <laughs> you know I, I understand that you guys are
5: pacifists well, i'm not know,
3: advocating but i'm not advocating violence i certainly don't want to advocate violence
5: you know johnson but, in, in galt's gulch they had this super magical force field that made them invisible right. to overhead radar <laughs> so in absence <laughs> of that i'm living in a world where there are men down the street with guns who are willing to hurt me if i don't do what they say right.
1: i can be completely invisible if i take all my clothes off <laughs> also, <laughs> I really do it do it
5: pretty,
3: also galt's gulch an it had an infinite energy device that sucked uh energy out of the static electricity in the air. Sweet, so right?
6: <laughs> yeah.
3: Both of those things were true. So again, we are in this uh fictional fantasy future land. Um not not future in the case of uh Alice Shrug, but future in the case so in the sense that they had super geniuses who could invent these futuristic devices.
0: There. Well, Johnson, I think you, your analysis so far is 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 right, that it's certainly not fair of me to judge objectivism based on the few objectivists that I might have talked to, but it should be a little more fair for me to look at the description of what objectivism is and say, well, I disagree with that, so how could I be an objectivist? I'll bring you back. Okay. come in here in a moment. Hang on. 800-259-9231. I know, Sam, you want to jump in here, and uh, we'll talk to you if you've got something to add to this conversation or you want to bring up anything, 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, and they include the chat room. We've got it open 24 hours a day for your convenience, though the best time to find people, of course, is during the live show hours. Head over to chat.freetalklive.com. That is chat. Freetalklive.com. and audible.com is the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment you can listen whenever and wherever you want just like a podcast audible has over 60,000 titles from which to choose and in every genre audible has it covered get a free audio book download when you sign up today go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and get your free audio book that's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL as we continue here with your calls Johnson is still on the line in Connecticut. Do continue, sir. We're talking about uh, objectivism. I'm still trying to really understand what it is and how it's different. It seems to be different from voluntarism, but uh, you wanted to go. I think you wanted to go on a certain track. Uh, so continue.
3: Okay. Well, I don't think that it's necessarily different from voluntarism. I'll, um, I will say. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know that I would necessarily call myself an objectivist, an objectivist just for the very same reason. Well, let me insert
0: you, something yeah. here. Since you said you don't think it's necessarily different, I'm, I'm again on the Objectivism Wikipedia page, which I'm sure is not the end-all be-all of what Objectivism is, because it is Wikipedia, right? Uh, but right. this is a, an excerpt from that particular page. And I don't think that's
3: the greatest definition of, of Objectivism in the world, but yeah. Well, no,
0: here's on. another. Uh, th- it's a very lengthy definition. There's all kinds of detail yeah, yes, here. And here's part of it. Objectivism views government as legitimate, but only a government of a definite kind. Rand understood government as the institution with a monopoly on the use of physical force in a given geographical area, so the issue is whether that force is used to protect or to violate individual rights. The government should use force only to protect individual rights, said Rand. Therefore, the proper functions of a government are the police to protect men from criminals, the armed services to protect men from foreign invaders, the law courts to settle disputes among men accordingly. according to the objectively defined laws. Who defines those laws and what they are, of course, is an undefined uh, question here, an unanswered question. In protecting individual rights, it says, the government is acting as an agent of its citizens and has no rights except the rights delegated to it by its citizens it also is important that the government act in an impartial manner according to specific objectively defined laws and it doesn't say in there that uh that government that Ayn Rand's vision of government would be would be a voluntarily formed and a voluntarily uh, administrated organization it, it may allude to that but that sounds very minarchistic it sounds very small governmenty to me not voluntarism I don't think
3: that she- I don't think that she ever wrote specifically on the subject, um, so I maybe
0: think she never thought that far, direction. you know. Maybe she never yeah. got to that it, point. I don't know
3: it, it, what, how far she got for her time is absolutely astounding. I mean, I would say, especially coming from someone who is very atheistic. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a straight-up atheist. I call myself a strong agnostic. But um, that her, Atlas shrugged. As Far As Books Go is definitely one of the best books that I've ever read uh, just because of the predictions in it for what's going on and how how a government sort of takeover of society would occur. I mean she has predicted it on these different levels, and one of the uh, main tenets that I heard you guys talk about as far as the spiritual aspects of it is that um, – she she does this sort of attack on this minister of science as one of the characters in the book, and I found it really interesting in that uh, you had sort of a problem with the philosophy of, uh, I guess, reality being objective. You, you discussed it earlier, mm-hmm. and that's actually one of the, my core beliefs that I agree with on objectivism, is that the bane tenet, which is existence exists, yep. and that creates an identity for something, you know, or at least can't be red and green all at the same time. So right. It can't this, burn and freeze. This,
1: um, th- this is the part about objectivism that I like, too, and this is where Ian and I sort of diverged um, a little bit. He's just sort of saying, oh, what if we're in the Matrix, And uh, which is sort of this silly, silly scenario. However, the fact is, is we a- are in this, the Matrix, and there's a little black box sitting in front of me, Ian. You can see the little black box. Sam can see the little black box. We can all point at the little black box. There's an effing little black box here. We're not in the Matrix. So, like, it's all this information is usable. We're in the real world. And I'm not saying the information
0: should be rejected. I'm not saying that Ayn Rand doesn't have good ideas. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying that. I can't necessarily jump on board with that particular belief system in uh, you know believing firmly that reality is as you observe it, and I'd like to give you an example of one of the reasons why uh, beyond my limited experience i've had conversations with other people whom I trust uh, like julia she's not here to talk uh, for herself right now, but I've told this story before, and it's one of my favorite ones it's one of my it's one of those wow, oh my gosh stories that just makes you question the reality as you have observed it. And there was a time when she was doing LSD at the beach with her um, her brother, and I th- I don't know if her brother was there, but her boyfriend was there. Maybe her brother was there. I think there were two other people there, including herself. So three people all taken uh, all had taken LSD. There's
6: always LSD involved.
0: <laughs> well, it's one of those things that that reveals things about what you thought was reality that you might not have you would never have experienced otherwise. And right. there was a point at which they looked up at the sky. And one of them pointed out the fact that this bird had separated into three different multiple birds. One bird had uh, had sort of disconverged itself into three entities, and uh, he they pointed up at that and said, "Are you guys? Do you see that? Is that? Am I seeing things? You know, basically to to confirm, you know, hey, they're tripping, right? So you could see things that not aren't necessarily there." And if it was one of them that saw it and the other two didn't, well, then that would say, oh, well, you're just you're really high, right? But all three of them saw this happen. And it wasn't like, you know, a flock that just happened to be flying in the exact same formation. You couldn't tell that it was more than one bird. It was very clear to them that uh, there was some sort of bizarro thing happening that otherwise would not have happened in the, the normal realm in which they exist. And that's, if that's just one of those things that gets you to say, huh,
1: maybe there's more to this reality than what uh, we realize. I think I might say, huh? Uh uh-huh. maybe there's more to this reality than I realized if, they, if the word LSD wasn't mentioned in the <laughs> beginning not? of the story. Why not? Isn't it possible that <laughs> yeah. LSD can change your perception of what reality is? Sure it can. So can, so can tying a blindfold can. on.
3: I would say absolutely it can. So what you're saying is that three people who are all sharing the exact same altered state of perception saw a bird and, and perceived that bird to be splitting into three different parts. Now –
0: no, no, three does different that, birds. Three, three birds, multiple birds came out from one bird, and they all saw the same uh, same hallucination.
3: Now, for them, that is their reality. Now, does that – however, the, the logical explanation there would be, do you think that the, there was actually a bird that split into three different birds? Or do you think that maybe something happened where three people who were, you know,
0: in a suggestible out of state? their
6: minds
3: at the time on LSD – I don't think they were out of their minds. Something –
0: no, I don't think they were out of their minds. I think they were able to experience a part of reality that most people would not otherwise be able to experience because yeah. their mind had been opened to that particular portion of reality. It's like getting a little peek into a completely different world that you're not really familiar with.
5: Johnson, how would you explain some of the Native American vision quests where they see you know, some of the same elements or characters or things happening?
3: I would explain it as a completely altered state of mind. Brought about by a chemical interaction with your brain that causes you to see certain things in and... sinister. In aesthetic fashion. I've taken okay, LSD
1: then, Hey, then that's the, the way the world will exist for
5: you. <laughs>
3: you can hear colors and see sounds and do all sorts of stuff
1: on LSD. I'm <laughs> telling you, if I take my clothes off, I'm completely invisible, and I'm going to show you during the break. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Johnson. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything, it is Free Talk Live.
7: This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: Show us Free Talk Live, and it allows you to bring up whatever you want. If you dial toll free, 1 eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll free line, 800 259 9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The Objectivism conversation has been re stirred up here, and we're going to continue it here in a moment. First, I want to tell you about the Free State Project, whether you consider yourself an objectivist or libertarian or a voluntarist, whatever it is, as long as you love liberty, uh, you belong here in New Hampshire. You belong as a part of the Free State Project because it's thousands of like-minded liberty people, liberty-minded people, all moving to the same place, same geographic area, that is New Hampshire – and getting active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. So hopefully, if we can get this darn coercive state off of our backs, we can get to that point of having an unlimited energy supply and the robots, fixing the robots and all the things uh, we've been talking about. But in the meantime, we have to deal with the men and women who are using coercive violence on, on people. And that's one of the reasons why getting together is, is is really proven to be very effective, as we've seen here so far Uh As hundreds of people have made the move as part of the Free State Project, thousands more are pledged to move, and we still need you. We are only about halfway to the 20,000 mark, so we need you to get signed up over at freestateproject.org. Go learn more, freestateproject.org. Talking about uh, objectivism, I still don't really understand a whole lot about it, and uh, I'm being criticized here because I'm not interested in finding out. you bad I'm not, man. I'm not interested in picking up whatever the hell book is going to tell me about objectivism. Uh, Leonard Peacoff wrote one uh, about Ayn Rand and objectivism. I, I could read that. I'm sure I could read some of Ayn Rand's works, and then I would know more about what objectivism is, but... It's not going to change my belief system in that I'm a voluntarist. I I can explain that in one sentence. I believe all human beings' interactions should be on a voluntary basis. I don't really feel like I I need much more than that. I mean, the, the guy that we were talking to earlier says, well, what about the mysticism? What about the the churches that want to control people? Well, they're doing it on a voluntary basis. So I, I disagree with what they're doing with people that you know they're telling them, well, you believe our belief system or you're going to burn in hell. Uh, I I disagree with that. But do I need to know what objectivism is to, like, solidify that in my mind? Because it's
1: already pretty there. I'm I'm there. I, I'm not an uh, organized religion kind of guy. Yeah, and if you believe in voluntary interactions, what exactly are you going to do about the churches that are teaching people that if they don't do what they say, that they're going to hell? Well, I can mean, I can talk about my beliefs, right? So, that's you know. about it. I mean, right. that's that's all the objectivists can do too, right? So I just don't feel like it's uh,
0: it's an I don't I have the voluntarist label that I've applied to myself at the moment. and I don't feel any need to to be a voluntarist objectivist. It, it seems to be complicating uh, the issue for me. That's how I felt about it so far. And then we got into the example. Uh, we we started talking about um, more metaphysical kinds of things. And Sam, you and I had had begun on uh, a discussion about. What some people and, and I tend to agree with this consider life to be and that is uh, you know more than just observing reality and reacting to it and and choosing what you want to do uh it's also i think about a kind of a spiritual journey that uh you're you're starting at at point a and you're instead of just living your life day to day, you hopefully will be growing as you're living your life, growing in your understanding of uh, your interaction with things in the universe and, and taking it to the next level. And I think that that's a really worthwhile pursuit.
5: Yeah, and and I think the objectivist oath uh, that Johnson recited on the air earlier is uh, kind of touches on that. It's The idea is really behind sacrifice, that no one should have to sacrifice to please somebody else. And that, if taken down to its core, that means that people should be out there living their higher purpose. And that's something I agree with. I think that's the path to spiritual enlightenment, to, um, you know, being more effective and, and having a, an impact out on the world.
0: And what I was saying when I was giving the example of my uh, people that I know that it had a, a very, just very interesting LSD experience was immediately written off by Johnson. And Mark, you were making fun of me during the break for it as well. And what I was suggesting there is that those experiences can get people to question their beliefs about reality. It's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, well, this does this and this works this way because we've always observed it working that way. But then if you take a a certain chemical and you observe things working differently – it's easy to say, "Oh, well that's just the chemical uh, that's that's working on you." Well, what if the chemical is allowing your brain to experience reality in a in a fashion that you wouldn't normally experience it? Can you learn from that? Is there something that you can gain from that? Is there some sort of understanding you can gain from it? There's nothing there's no real conclusion you can draw from the uh, the fact that you've just seen one bird split into three different birds. And then go back again, and you saw it at the same exact time as as two other people saw it, there's not really a lot you can take away from that beyond, huh, maybe there is a little more to this whole reality thing than I thought. When you start looking into, and I'm not a physicist, I'm not a scientist, but I've I've read some interesting things about things like quantum physics, where these... uh, quantum physics sciencey guys went into these experiments expecting certain things to happen because of their observations based on what they've seen throughout their lives, and then the quantum stuff went completely differently than how they were expecting it to happen. And that's one of the things where, wow, huh, things weren't quite as I thought they were. And then you change your perception, then you change your understanding based on your... Uh, your experiences. And so that's all I was saying with the LSD thing. It it allows people to experience drugs, allow people to experience reality from a different perspective. What they take away from that is completely different depending on who they are. If there's somebody that's entering into uh, a an experience like that, an altered state of consciousness with the mentality of, hey, let's get effed up. Well, then you're not going to really be coming at it from a, an intellectual kind of capacity uh, that... that uh, that, that wow factor may be there, but it won't be experienced by you in the same way that it would be experienced by somebody that's coming into an uh, that kind of uh, that, t- that uh, mental state in a more intellectual uh, way. Am I making sense Yeah, there it's all? somebody
5: going in to watch a movie for entertainment versus to get the message behind the story. That's, one, that's
0: a great way to, to uh, wrap that up. Did the bird split into three and then come back together? I don't recall. I Julia's you. around here somewhere. No, 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 no. You can I'm ask asking
1: her. you. I wasn't there. It was Julia's so story. I'm asking, and, do you believe that the birds split into three and then came back into one? Or, I
0: believe that's what the story was, but I'm not sure. You know, Maybe I'm not, I'm not recalling the story. it correctly. It
1: doesn't really matter to me. What I'm asking is, what do you believe happened? I can't explain that to you, Mark. I believe that you they were the on... You think the birds split into three... Thing I don't three know. Birds and then came I,
0: back? I don't. I have no you do explanation not know for that. If the birds, I'm not into going three to things? go out on a You're not on not a limb. Not going to speculate
1: as to whether one bird split into three birds and then came back into one bird. I can tell you what
0: bird. they saw. What I recall them telling me that uh, that that was seen. Sure, sure. I. I but I'm not going I to draw a
1: conclusion story. based on that. Okay.
0: If if, uh, if I got to I,
1: place a bet, I would place my bet on the bird did not in fact split into three birds and then return to one bird. Was there did a bird?
0: Not, wait a minute. Did not in fact. Wh- how do you determine what the facts are? This is where this is where I disagree with the objective. The objectivist <laughs> right from the beginning. Objectivism holds reality exists independent of consciousness. So the objectivist. Which is your position here, Mark, that you've taken on for this purpose, perhaps, of arguing. I don't know. The objectivist would say, well, because there were other people that weren't on LSD that observed the bird and they only saw one bird. Therefore, the fact is there was only ever one bird. But if it was just the three people on that beach seeing that bird split
1: into three uh, three birds, then the objective fact there is that bird split into three damn birds. No, no. Um, What I'm saying is that there was a bird or not a bird. OK, like there may not have, been, have a been a bird pure vision. Uh, yeah, right absolutely. Sure. There was either a bird or not a bird. And if there was a bird, the bird didn't split into three birds and then return to one bird. For them, it did. No, no, it didn't. No, for them, it did. OK, fine. Their it,
0: observation says it did. Sure. And I can draw pretty pictures for on, them, right? on the
1: computer and, and that doesn't make them real. Um, I can do drugs and see visions. That doesn't make them real. All I'm saying is, the bird, if there was a bird, did not spit into three birds. It, it, what you drew away from the scenario is fabulous, man. Take your, take your trip and get whatever spiritual message you want to get out of it. It's beautiful, brother. I don't care. <laughs> but the bird did not split into three birds and then return into one bird if there was, in fact, a bird. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, but you're being awfully sure. Sure, about, I'm rigid. You're, I'm yes, a rigid are, guy. Being... Or
5: perhaps there was, it was only one bird, but what they saw was a blending of several different parallel universes or realities and that's what created the three birds.
0: Great explanation. Don't Who know, knows? It. That's just <laughs> it. I'm saying I don't know what that is. I'm not going to make a definite a definitive statement saying that my observations when I'm completely sober are what the the uh, the universe is and this is reality. I don't effing know what reality is. I know what my observations are, and that's about it.
5: Kids, this is why you shouldn't do drugs.
1: If a tree falls in the forest, does it make a jackass?
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at there. 800-259-9231. Why are you bringing donkeys into this? More on the way. We're talking about birds. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up whatever you want, even these remaining moments. We'll try to sneak you in here. Uh, probably shouldn't give the number out, though, because phones are kind of loaded up here. But I will anyway. 800-259-9231, because you never know who will drop off the lines here. It's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. We've got a whole list of things you can do. To help get to show into more ears around the world via the Internet and also via radio stations around the United States, go to promote.freetalklive.com. whole list of uh, very interesting things you can do, some of them completely free. Some of them uh, cost you a little bit, like printing out flyers. Promote.freetalklive.com uh, as we continue here taking your phone calls. Let's go to Matt in Illinois. Matt, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line.
10: Hi, guys. Um Real quick, then, I'll try to uh, tackle this question about reality and consciousness being uh, separate. Um, I don't think that's something that you can know. That's something that you have to assume. Mm
6: -hmm. Uh, And a
10: good example of that is that you can assume way out in the middle of space, in the total emptiness of the universe... Is there's reality out there? There's there's things that are real, rocks, ice, whatever. Mm-hmm. But nobody's consciousness is actually there. And but if you well, were you to, could assume there the is lobbyist, consciousness to, there if you wanted. To go there, you would find that reality. Uh huh. So therefore, that that reality is existing. It's kind of like, does France exist? Well, I don't know. I'm not in France right now. Does it exist? Well, the French people that are there say that it does exist, but mm-hmm. do I know they they exist? I can't tell, even well, if you, I can get on the phone with one of them.
0: Right. You, you, you take the presumption that it does because the evidence that you've seen says it does. Correct. Until you prove so yourself otherwise. Not,
10: but you can't know it. I don't think no, you, you can know anything. I mean, you are your consciousness. That's That's all you are, and you have to... Uh deal with reality as you see it
1: well yeah and and it, and
10: as it, it happens
1: and and it is as it is, and if you operate as though it isn't as it is, then. What what are you going to be dealing like? Where are you swimming out? I'm that, not saying you should operate
0: pool? as it, it, it. I'm not saying you should operate outside of what your observations are. I'm just saying I can't agree with their first tenet of objectivism. I can't agree with it. I don't want to hold that belief because I think there's more to reality than meets the eye, so to speak.
10: But at the same time, I think that reality is separate from from consciousness. Um. I, is, it's hard to it's hard to try to put yourself in this position, but say nothing conscious exists. Would that mean that reality didn't exist anymore if there was no nothing that had consciousness? I,
0: I, I don't believe that. Uh, I don't, I think that uh, consciousness is a very important part of uh, of reality. I I would think that yeah. There, I think there's a possibility that yeah, nothing would exist if no consciousness existed.
10: So you do you believe then that uh, the rocks have consciousness? That the Earth itself has a consciousness? I, I
0: don't know. I don't, I don't really have the most firm beliefs in this area. Sam, how do you feel on that one? I think they're connected. Do rocks have consciousness?
5: I, I don't know. I would tend to say no. But are they part of the same energy that make up you and I? And, and, and in that sense, are we connected? Yes.
0: I mean, science. I think from what I from what I've seen has shown that everything is indeed connected at uh, a you know very atomic sort of level, sharing electrons and things like that. You know, the difference between the desk that I'm looking at here and me is a difference in vibration, a difference in frequency. The desk is, seems what? solid, but science shows that it's actually moving at a very, very slow rate compared to perhaps me.
10: I I, I agree with that. Everything is uh, can be shown to be vibrations. When you start getting into really, really small things, yep. stuff starts getting really, really
0: strange. Right. That's when reality well, starts to break down. That's why these you know, quantum but physics... But
1: exist at those small areas. Like, reality is as reality is for me. Mm-hmm. And that's right, all.
10: Right, but you... You, you still need to make certain basic assumptions to be able to, to operate and, and to obviously. I don't know, sound sane, I guess.
0: <laughs> to <Yeah. be> sane.
10: <laughs> Actually, or, or I mean, what your beliefs are and what is are two different things in and of itself. Uh, what, or can be. Beliefs.
6: What your beliefs you are. And... So
10: it's this, uh, this very hard to, to wrap your mind around, but um, I, I, I think that it's just the phrasing that they use in Wikipedia, where, where you—it's not where, where you say this is what you believe, but this is what you assume. And I think that would be more accurate.
0: Okay, they are assuming, uh, they are holding according to their definition that reality exists independent of consciousness. I think that's generally right. an observable thing, but I don't know if it's true. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, base my belief system around a, a tenet like that.
10: And now you certainly couldn't observe reality if there was no consciousness. There has to be a consciousness for things to observe reality. Indeed. But, but if there was no consciousness, there'd be nothing there to observe it. That doesn't mean that it didn't exist.
0: It, we can't prove that. I mean, all we're now talking about is uh, all of this conversation has been speculative um, and it doesn't have any bearing on how you should live your life. I don't think any of us have said that uh, you should live your life believing that reality isn't real. That would be a, a world of insanity. Uh, but but to to be open minded to the possibility that there's more to what you're seeing, that there's more to reality than what you are aware of. I think it's very important and and thank goodness some of the scientists are open minded to that because they went into a lot of those quantum experiments expecting to see certain things and they saw something that you know they did they weren't necessarily expecting. They were open minded to it so they assimilated it and they looked at it and they said, "Well wow, let's keep testing with this stuff. This is pretty this is pretty far out. Stuff is not acting in the the way that we expected it to at a, at a quantum level." And that's when a lot of this uh, sort of me- metaphysical the metaphysical world is, is kind of seems to be me- melding with the scientific world uh, at at, at some level
10: well yeah there's there's a whole science now because you talk about vibration well there's an an infinite uh infinite high amount of vibration that we can't see we can't detect and there's an infinite low uh or slower vibration that we also cannot uh detect we as 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 physical beings uh we can only observe the vibration in a certain
0: it's like the video game character, and thank you, Matt, for the call tonight. It's like the video game character analogy that you had made during one of the breaks, Sam. Can you make that on the air?
5: Yeah, you know, a character in a, in a video game is not going to know the, that he is a character in the video game. I mean, he's only been programmed to understand a, a certain amount, a, a predefined set or a determination of what reality is. And how do we know that we're not looking in that from that same limited perspective? And I, I think to some extent we are.
0: I think there's something to be said for that, and that ties into what Matt was saying there. Like, you, as far as what the vibrations you can perceive. You can only hear, you know, below, uh, you can only hear above 20 hertz, kil, uh, kil, 20 hertz and you can only hear below 20,000 uh, kilohertz. Your eyes can only see so many, you know, different uh, vibrations of color. Some people can see less. Some people are colorblind, for instance. Yeah, and,
5: and some people are open to being able to put themselves in a trance like Edgar Cayce and communicate with something that's able to impart all of this medical knowledge on him that he couldn't possibly have obtained on his own.
1: He got it from Atlantis.
5: Atlantis. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>
1: I believe Edgar Casey actually did, uh, have, you know, claim to com- communicate with Atlantis in some way or um, or another. Is what my understanding is, but um, you know, I but there, is- there are parts of the objectivist philosophy I think are pretty cool and they work really well. There are other parts I certainly don't agree with and. Um, you know they they are they are basically atheists. Um, it's it's mm. essentially an atheist philosophy, which is it's fine. I have no problem with people that want to be atheists. To me, I find life more interesting if nothing else, um, in believing that there's a God out there, and and you know believing that if there is that he has he wants some level of communication with me. I certainly don't believe most of the religious gobbledygook that we're 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 handed off today, but. That's fine, you know, it's it's all fine with me. Uh, I, I, I don't know about the birds splitting into three and then coming back. Well,
0: that's though. what I was going to say there, since we since you brought it back around, this whole video game character analogy. We're here in the third or fourth dimension. I mean, the fourth dimension is basically time on top of the third dimension, as I understand it, at least. And there's a really great video uh, out there on the Internet, and I'm sure you can Google the ten dimensions or, or YouTube... Is it the 11 dimensions? String string theory is 11. It's been a while since I've seen the video. 10 or 11, go look for that, because it'll really blow your mind as far as these different dimensions that are out there and how many different realities there could, in point of fact, be. You have your observations, and based on your observations, you've determined what your reality is. But what if that video game character could be shown evidence... That uh, there were more options in the game than he realized. Easter what, eggs. Show him the Easter additional eggs. Additional levels. Him the, show him the secrets. The, the additional levels that he never realized that he could reach. I think that's part of this. You know, the spiritual journey that uh, that we are on is. You can stay right here at this level where you want to be. If it's fine for you where it is, stay right here. It's a nice, enjoyable life. But there's more. I think there's more levels that you can you can attain. And I think that God mode. No, I things think that are already there. Open up to you when you're willing to take a look. You know, we can continue this here. We'll do an extended uh, edition of the show. I don't know if Sam has time to to sure. hang out here, but if you're on the radio, see you tomorrow night. If you're on the internet, stick around. We'll uh, be doing a little more. We are doing an extended edition of the program here, and we'll take your calls. Uh, you can dial in if you are a free talk live amplifier. At 1-800, wait, no, that's the single C-I. If you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, I can't give you that number because you're an amplifier and it's secret. Uh, But if you're not an amplifier, we do have a regular phone number that you can dial in. It is uh, long distance, but most of you have cell phones these days, so it shouldn't matter. 603-435-1105. 603-435-1105. And so, uh, so we're talking about uh, you know the, the video game character uh, achieving the the different levels. They're there for you, whether you want to achieve them or not is you know up up to you. Um, I can't say how many of them I've achieved. I'm not saying they're anything that you can explicitly define. Just talking in a general uh, sense about the idea that there's more to this experience than what you've perhaps experienced. And that's where I was going, uh, trying to get to when I was talking about the LSD trip that uh, that Julia had had. That that chemical has modified your experience to reveal to you something that may be useful, something that may show you that there's other things happening out there. And aren't we just chemicals to begin with? I mean, it's easy to blow me off and say, well, you're just high on LSD, or whatever. But we are essentially chemicals interacting. Uh, We've got the, uh, obviously, consciousness, we don't know exactly what that is, but we can certainly observe our reality of saying, okay, your body's 70 or 80% water and you've got these other things ins- that are going on inside you. You need the, uh, the, the minerals and you need the vitamins in order to perpetuate your life. And so all we are is chemicals and vibrations. So if one chemical can modify your experience of the vibrations around you, why is that illegitimate? Why is that observation, that chemically induced observation, less legitimate
1: than your normal waking uh, self. Well, now, um, if 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 I'm if this going to, is going to be an adversarial conversation, which I kind of feel that uh, that that way about. I wasn't necessarily
0: it, asking you; I'm just asking. But I, out
1: I, there. I I'm taking the other side here. Okay. Is I, I think everybody at one time in their life, and some people say more so than others, um, exist have existed and exist in an in an area where um, in, in, introducing philosophies and belief systems that are contrary to reality are not beneficial. So like you might be bat S crazy and saying to them, Well look, you're just chemicals. The bird could be three birds and then one bird and like you're you're introducing well we're on the internet we are you're, on can, you're shit. introducing stupid shit into the scenario that this person doesn't need like this is a it's a system that doesn't work now if you're saying like you know, Sam could claim to be, and you can just have fun with the idea of three birds, one bird, no bird. It's like a Dr. Seuss uh, book, right? It's it's fun. It's it, like that's yeah. fun, and I love extended uh, the extended version. I love uh, you know you know Easter eggs, and I love God mode. All those things sound fabulous. But when you're talking about butt fuck crazy mode, um, which you know some people are on that, and then you're ta- you you like you. Uh, I, I, I find it dangerous. I find the, the this, even the discussion of God mode to be somewhat dangerous for people um, to, you know. Uh, to, 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 um, some people are going to say, "I'm the singularity," you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I am the singularity. Uh-huh. What if you are? What, if, what I am mean, not Mark? the singularity. <laughs> you could okay, you are not the singularity. And Ian's not the singularity. <laughs> I don't know if we all are. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's a crazy <laughs> little skinny man with a radio show, and I don't have any thing to describe you
0: with 603-435-1105 look i'm not advocating that
1: people spend all their time on in an acid trip mark do you want to um, read this uh this email on objectivism rather than you talking about uh the 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 very little knowledge you have about ayn rand's philosophy would you like to hear from the subjectivist sure sure that's fine let's jump into this this is from martin spelled with two a's so i think he's fern did this come
0: in recently, or is this an old email?
1: This is recent, okay. um, having to do with the conversation we had okay. the other night. So I was listening to yesterday, by the way, being, for, for being fur and his English is impeccable. So I'm going to assume that uh, this guy who's got some name that's completely beyond my ability to pronounce, uh, last name, uh, beyond my ability to pronounce, is, uh, I, I don't know, has great English. I was listening to yesterday's episode and wanted to make some additional comments about the discussion you guys were having about objectivism. I wanted to clarify some of that because I don't think that the wiki is very clear about what objectivists mean exactly when they say that. I think the basic idea behind reality... When they
0: say that objectivism holds that reality exists independent of consciousness? That's what I'm understanding.
1: Got it. Uh, He says, I think the basic idea behind reality existing independent of consciousness is that according to all evidence, we have existence or reality exists. Everything you do or know is implicitly based on that. The independent of, the independent, uh, the independent of consciousness part simply means that merely willing um, something to be different doesn't change the facts and that you should only take facts into account when making decisions. Because you can devise all sorts of alternative scenarios of existence, not really being there because of mind-bending aliens or matrix-like constructions. But the fact remains that there is absolutely no evidence for that. And therefore... Of course not. The
0: matrix was designed so that you couldn't see the evidence, right? It is
1: pointless to
0: consider, (laughs) and it doesn't really have... Why is it pointless? I don't think it's pointless. Hold on, hold on, Mark. I
5: I think that, uh, you know, as a spirit, we... I guess uh, the the entity would exist in some higher form that doesn't have a body that uh, maybe is connected with uh, all of the other separations. But there's no evidence for that, Sam. You shouldn't consider such things. Well, there's no evidence for that. But, you know, what if when I choose as a spirit to take embodiment in a physical form that I'm also choosing to exist under a set of of predefined limitations and those are that you know there is reality and it exists this way and so forth it's it's the video game analogy it really is mm-hmm. you're putting yourself into a character that's going to have a perception of the way it is that's the game that they're that they've been programmed into and once that game's over it doesn't mean that there's not this other existence out there and that these rules don't always apply unilaterally across the board that could be available just not in the physical embodiment that
1: uh, that we're all experiencing. Sam, I totally agree with every word that you've just said, okay. and you know I do. However, do you think the bird split into three and then came back into one, or uh, do you think it was it, just a bird or not I a bird at all? I think
5: most likely it was probably a flock of birds or something that they all, it looked, it appeared that because their vision was distorted or whatever, maybe it was, it was two birds that split so up and crowd it hysteria. like pretty, or something. yeah, something like that. I don't know, but you know that doesn't mean i would rule out anything else and i, I certainly believe that uh taking some of these mind altering substances opens people's uh mind to to possibility
1: yeah i'm i'm all for i'm all for that i'm just saying that when you're driving the car like don't imagine that you can create a uh a, you know transparent brick wall because it's it's just <laughs> vibrating you know like I don't think I've said the cars said just that. vibrating, the brick walls just vibrating. Have I ever vibrating. said
0: that you should a- act based on the fact, some sort of cr- belief that you can manifest things instantaneously when that's not been your experience? No, I, don't, I have not been saying that. All I've said is that that experience that Julia had and explained to me, I have not personally had that experience. But that experience that she hadn't explained to me was just one of those things. Is, you know, hey, keep your mind open. Maybe there's more to this than you realize. That's all.
5: But manifesting the brick wall because you and I can't do it and we don't have evidence that other people out there can't do it. Does it mean that it can't that it just is impossible that it doesn't exist or that perhaps humans haven't evolved to the point to where they can start to, to affect that kind of change in the in the. Physical. Yeah, not on this level.
0: I just don't know.
1: We're not not there.
5: I mean, if you go back to the stories of Jesus parting the Red Sea, is that somebody who's able to. Parting the Red Sea. Okay, go ahead. Well, who Moses? Was, Moses, what, thank you. Clearly, your Bible, <laughs> biblical knowledge is, is not the uh, bearded firm. guy. Right? Come, Come on. on, somebody. Anyway, you, you pick your Bible guy. He, what he if that's somebody who was able to open that sort of thing up? What if that was an example of the possibility that man has? It's know? a powerful. It's a powerful, to, to powerful place to heal the sick, to do all of these things. What if that's available to each one of us, provided we're willing to journey to that level of spiritual and and. Uh,
1: enlightenment i like the idea of thinking about these things on my own however when we start talking about them in mass that's when i get scared i get to be like an objectivist in that particular area because once you start telling people hey moses part of the red sea then you've got well dumb rednecks that suddenly start saying yeah moses part of the red sea and then you've got (laughs) prayer in school and and, you know this is a this is a spiraling cesspool of you know control and but we're not coming at it from that perspective. You're we're, not. But it's, we're just talking about possibility. I don't think Jesus was either, man. we're but just look talking what's been done about in his
0: name. We're talking. I think what we're talking about here is possibility, and I don't know if that's what the objectivists are acknowledging. The objectivists sound like they're saying, well. Reality is what we say it is because yeah. we've observed this. And I think what uh, Sam
1: and I, at least, are saying here is that, well, maybe there's more. Let's try to keep our minds open to this. Yep. I think there is more. I, no doubt about it. Um, I just... I, I well, Is there more and, to and email? There is plenty. Let's go on. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Personally, uh, this is from Martin again. Personally, I would offer that... The one big advantage that objectivism has over a theory that is uh, primarily political in nature, and I assume he's talking about libertarianism or voluntarism or you pick your title, uh, is that it's integrated within itself in the realms of morality and so on, and that ultimately uh, provides the basis for political views. Ultimately, any political views a person has are based implicitly or not on what they see as good and how they see people in a basic sense. I support individual rights and freedom because it's the only system in which a man can live, i.e. that he has to be free to use his mind in a productive way to sustain his life. And that man is a self-sufficient being whose own life is justification enough for his existence. The issue you get is that if you start with political views as a primary and someone really believes that people are incapable of making good decisions for themselves, and these people abound in society, right? Mm -hmm. The control freaks, sure. Yes. Um, That people are incapable of uh, making good decisions themselves, then a laissez-faire society doesn't work at all. And I think that, by and large, what he's saying is, in fact, true. Most people don't believe people can make good decisions. They believe they can, but not those other people. Right. Uh, Now, look at Social Security is is the perfect example you say if you get rid of social security some people are going to make bad decisions and end up poor when they're old right yeah sure you believe that some people can make decisions for themselves some people will make bad decisions Uh, sure
0: yep i'm not saying they are going to make all bad decisions in their lives but they're going to make some bad decisions and that's where people that make good decisions will come in to
1: help those folks it's so um you know the, hence we have this uh you know this sort of belief system similarly with people who believe that it is necessary for people to sacrifice their own well-being to that of others you can't consistently believe that and support individual rights something ultimately has to give and i think most of the time that's the pro freedom ideas because they're ultimately dependent on the moral views that a person has political ideas only make sense to pursue in so far as this is a foreign guy who just used the term insofar as. Isn't that amazing to you? I mean. Was he born and raised over there? I don't. His last name is, is crazy. I don't know where he is. I don't know. Right, just move on. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm, just, I'm astounded by this guy's great English. Um, political ideas only make sense in pursu- uh, to pursue insofar as that you believe that they're consistent with what you see as good. But objectivism is really a philosophy for living successfully on this earth and helping you to achieve happiness in your life. The political philosophy is merely necessary to achieve that end. I think that it is. Um, I think that is where its main value comes from. So. So wait, its main value is that it helps you achieve happiness. Well, I, I, well, if it, that's helping people
0: to achieve happiness then that's great. I feel pretty content and uh, we talked about happiness in the first hour of the show. But I, uh,
5: but what I'm hearing is that it's it's the it's the minarchist viewpoint to say, you know, this is something that people can accept without it challenging the reality too much. Am I not hearing that correctly?
1: Well, um I I I don't know precisely what he's uh, saying other than if you have a firm philosophy of objectivism and you get everybody to agree on it, then you will have, uh, you know, people understanding that freedom, liberty, uh, you know, self-actualization are important in and of themselves. So therefore, you won't have people, uh, you know, making decisions otherwise. I don't think that it's possible to ever get everybody on the same page. And that's the reason I moved for the Free State Project is because, look, I'm I I I don't think I can get everybody on New Hampshire on the same um uh, the the same page, but I think if we get twenty thousand liberty loving individuals here, we can make enough noise that we can get enough liberty going yep. on that we can create uh you know, create something that we can show people look liberty works.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy to think that everybody's ever going to all agree with the same idea. I mean, that's the diversity is natural, and uh, it's it's important to have that contrast out there so we can know what we want. I mean, if if there weren't people out there doing awful things, then uh, we probably wouldn't be here doing what we're doing, so to some extent uh to some extent we owe the you know the tyrants for where we're at in a bizarre twisty sort of way yeah six oh three four three five eleven oh five two the uh th- that number you're on the air on screen call hello there hello hey it's free talk live extended edition. What's on your mind tonight
13: hey um well you just wrote, uh read my email actually oh. <laughs> Uh, I Martin. called you guys yesterday as well. Yeah.
0: Are uh, you foreign, Martin? MBA.
13: Well, originally I'm from the Netherlands, okay. but I'm here for graduate school. So okay. I, I just moved to New Hampshire.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Congratulations. You don't even have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> expect yeah. Netherlands?
13: Um, yeah, I expect Netherlands. Cool. <laughs> but um yeah, like I um I was just listening to that um Basically, I just wanted to uh like, the point of my email, I think, is um, to to point out that um, objectivism is much more than just a political system. Um, like, for me, for but, example, it, it's much more about um, basically um, helping you live a successful life. And I think that's the real value it offers you. Um,
5: I think we agree like, with that. What, what I'm uh-huh. questioning, and I think what Ian may be questioning, too, is... The the political aspect to it, it seems to have this minarchist uh, philosophy to it. Is that a way to just appease people to the, the entire philosophy, because it's not so far out of their context of reality?
13: Um. Well, like, uh, my roommate used to be an anarcho-capitalist back in uh, North Carolina, where he used to live for a while, so I had discussions about this uh, quite often, but... um. As far as I know, most objectivists are minarchists. Um, but I think for, to a large extent, that's just because to them it seems so, um, I guess, hard to imagine that in, like, I guess a completely voluntary society. It's would a, work. Yeah, it's a
5: big step. The last 2% is yeah. a huge gap to overcome.
13: Because, um, like, I had discussions with some of them where, you know, I would For example, we would talk about whether you could do it through um, private organizations, and most objectivists I talk to don't really have an issue with that if you can get it to work. So, I don't know. As far as I know, there's no real, um, I don't know, disagreement there on the voluntary basis. Um, Yeah, I think the main issue there is that a lot of them as far as I can tell, are concerned that if you had a completely uh, voluntary society, that you would have issues with different groups having different beliefs, and then basically enforcing them against each other, which would be a problem. Sounds like, like a description
5: you know,
0: of what we have today.
5: Yeah, and to me it sounds <laughs> like a philosophy that falls short of, you know, taking that last step of explaining all of the mm-hmm. details of how a, a truly voluntary society would be self-regulating and how the marketplace would handle. And, you know, it's none of these are perfect uh, utopian societies where crime is completely eliminated, but I think it's a voluntary society is certainly the most Equitable, most just solution for
1: everybody. Involved.
0: I have to say that after all this discussion, I have yet to be persuaded toward uh, the idea of uh, yeah. applying
1: that particular label. Oh, I, to I'm maybe. not. I, I wouldn't apply it to me too. I'm not even trying to to take it up. I mean, <laughs> to me, how about this portion of it, Martin? Um, to me, objectivism shows up as Ayn Rine worship. Um, mm-hmm. It Ayn right, Rand worship. Uh, you know, like it seems like whenever you hear objectivism or see objectivism, there's well, always this, said this. There's the, Rand this, said that. This picture of the This woman, you know, like this this pruny old woman with a cigarette sticking out of her face. Um, And, and, you know, like I'm supposed to revere her in some way. And I just, you know, I I must admit, I don't know too many of the libertarian philosophers and don't look up to them too much. Perhaps Ron Paul to some extent, but not, you know, I've even pulled that politician. Right. I mean, you know, like he and and he's contemporary, so you can at least point to him and. you know, so I just uh-huh. – what, what do you think about the Ayn, Ayn Rand worship a- accusation?
3: Um,
13: well, I mean, she's definitely very important um, in the sense that she, you know, basically uh, discovered and formulated the philosophy. But I do, like, there. there are people that just basically take everything she said literally and try to, you mm-hmm. know, become that, which is, I think, problematic – but that's not what, what objectivism is about because there's um like one of the things is that there are um there are certain principles, I guess, that are really part of the philosophy and then there's a lot of things that she thought herself that many objectivists don't agree with because for example her views on um homosexuality were I mean, she lived in the fifties and the sixties, yeah. so there, um, most people don't think like that anymore, and that's like one point where, for example, a lot of objectivists I know don't uh, agree with her anymore. But I mean, that's not really part of the philosophy.
0: So. How does you'd mention that you'd mentioned uh, Martin that the objectivism helps you living life, it helps you being uh-huh. happy. Can you explain the tenets that are at work there?
13: Yeah, that's um, a lot. I think the biggest part of it is really that she writes very um positively about that it's okay to live for yourself and it's it, that uh, um, that you don't live have to live for other people necessarily. Great. I read that and in – uh, that, yeah. that's great.
0: And I read that in Harry Brown's book, uh, How I Found Freedom in an Unfree World. Is there a, a term like Brownianism or something like that? I mean, because I consider myself uh, – when I considered myself a libertarian, I called myself a Harry Brown libertarian because he's the guy that brought me into the movement. Reading his book, Why, uh, Why Government Doesn't Work, which uh, came out in his first political campaign in 1996 as the Libertarian Party presidential candidate. Uh-huh was my real eye-opening moment uh, to this whole idea that government is coercion and uh, we need to get away from this idea, uh, the the idea of, of coercive government. And so, uh, sure, did Harry Brown pick up some of those ideas from Ayn Rand? I bet you he did. Uh, but I just don't mm-hmm. understand. Uh, th- like, I've already got that. So there's no, I don't feel any <laughs> any uh, attraction at all from the, the idea of objectivism. N- and nor do I feel the, uh, like I should be starting out a cult of Harry Brown. I mean, what's the,
1: the point? The part about it that turns me off, um, I guess, is that the vast majority of libertarian thinkers out there that I have uh, come across are not egomaniacs and certainly not on the scale that Ayn Rand was an egomaniac um, and, and like to her it was very important that her name and her philosophy be attached together as mm. best I can understand and I'm an egomaniac I get where she's coming from but I don't consider myself that. that that's fine you don't have yeah, to I'd, I'd rather be behind the scenes it's just that I'm not at this point, right? Well, I mean, you know, when when we go to events, you're sitting there, you know, playing with the equipment and getting the blinking lights to to blink in the right sequence, while I'm going out and pressing hands and shaking hands and doing that that same stuff. I, you know, so, I mean, that it, it just makes perfectly good sense. But, you know, that's what turns me off about the, uh, the, the Ayn Rand portion of the, the objectivist philosophy. I think it, it's fine and all, but and I certainly don't hate objectivists. No,
0: neither you know. do I. Go ahead. If it, if you feel like uh, being an objectivist makes your life better, then who am I to say it doesn't? By all means. Just, you know, don't try recruiting me in because it doesn't interest you. <laughs> Anything else uh, you wanted to share with us tonight, Martin?
13: Um, no, I think that's it. All right. Um, thank you, guys. Thanks for Thanks the call. For your Appreciate it.
0: we we Appreciate it. We're going we're gonna to bend the rules here a little bit. Normally, it's one call per night on Free Talk Live, but the rules don't really apply the same way to the extended edition of the show. So Johnson asked, And there are
1: rules, and Johnson's our friend, so we can do what the hell we want. <laughs> yeah, here he is again, Johnson in Connecticut. Uh, you're back on Free Talk Live.
3: Hey, guys. Um, I'm having a little problem with the voice that's it's dropped on me, so hopefully it won't drop.
1: Nobody to wants to hear your guys. stinking excuses, Johnson. <laughs>
3: Um, I guess one more thing that I wanted to bring up about the uh, objectivism uh, argument is that uh, you had mentioned the thing with the birds and the LSD. I think that it's it's very relevant to mention the fact that as a philosophy, uh, what Rand uh, talked about, each individual mind uh, being is a means of discovering reality. In that the philosophy of, of, of objectivism is that uh, reality can exist without uh, without regard to any single person or any single mind. So essentially, the proof for Row exists.
0: Yeah, the that proof for what? You did cut the out the
3: proof. That. Sorry, the proof for objectivism would be that existence exists, and that's a proof for. Objectivism
11: in and of itself. Um, I don't know about that.
5: To say that it's proof because we have existence um, and you're looking from the perspective of being within that existence, I, you're, you're, I don't think you have a, an objective view that when you make that statement. You know, that's like what, the video game character saying that, this is all real because I can look around me and, you know, in uh oh, what's the one where you go Grand Theft Auto or whatever it is. yeah You know, this is a real city and the, there's these cars driving around, these people that I can go interact with and do all these things. So, therefore, reality is real.
3: Here's the thing. You're talking about looking at it from a single point perspective, from the point of perspective of someone who is locked in the cage of their own mind. Well, there are other characters now, in the
5: video game, too. What are you suggesting?
3: What I'm suggesting is that if something occurs, it's occurring without regard to a single individual. In other words, reality is happening. Well, when the game's,
5: Johnson, when the game's running, you know, I'm going around doing these things, but there are other things happening in the game, and they're happening to the different characters who are all interacting with each other.
3: Right, and those things happened. It's your job to discover that those things have happened. In other words, reality occurs, whether or not you know it or not it's your job and
0: that's the belief state that's the belief that i can't i can't just sign on to that's the uh, the, the you know the core statement at uh, the the core of objectivism that i just can't necessarily say 100% is necessarily true because i don't know for sure yeah i
5: mean what's the difference in reality between the the world as you exi- as you experience it and the video game character as as it ex- experiences it
3: no difference. Reality is what reality is. What you're Uh, talking about is two different points of perception, two different methods of perceiving reality.
6: You're talking about
3: perceiving reality through the world of a video game and perceiving reality through human senses. And I think Ian and I are also through LSD altered senses.
6: Well,
5: I think Ian and I are saying there's another perception available to us that's You know, maybe the equivalent of what video games would be 10 years from now, the characters and the interaction is going to be far more complex. So we're at a certain level, but there are other levels above us that, you know, we don't even comprehend at this point. So what
3: the argument then is, the argument that you're making is, and this is where and you would definitely disagree with An Rand, is that you're making an argument antithetical to reason. In other words, what you're saying is that reason should go out the window. You shouldn't uh, try to observe, you shouldn't try to use your mind and perceptions to perceive facts and to create a, uh, a logical identity for anything. No, 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 way, I
0: don't think has ever said that. I mean, you're obviously here in this dimension and you're experiencing what you're experiencing I think what we are saying that's is that we're not going reality. to nail ourselves down to our right. observations of that experience and say, "Up, oh, up, oh, that's it, that's the, reality." What I'm
5: hearing is that I, is you saying that I'm not limiting my reasoning to the the physical facts and and things, well, okay. here's, whatever here's, here's criteria.
3: Here's what I would say. You're saying I don't want to nail myself down to the fact that reality could be some sort of objective thing. I'm state. saying
5: I'm open to possibilities that exist beyond what I can comprehend today.
6: Okay.
3: That doesn't change the fact that, okay, again, you're not getting reality. <laughs> even if there are those possibilities, if those possibilities exist, right, then uh-huh. that's reality. Now what you're saying is Well is, is, is that it, I it well, can't hold really on, hold it, on, though. hold on
5: though. Is it my reality? Because I I, I have no way to experience that. Um I can't prove it.
3: If it's happening, it's happening. Well, reality existence exists. Reality is what reality is. Just because you can't prove it, so if it, I can't
5: knock. see That's it, is it still about. happening? Yes. Okay,
0: so then, course, so you are then says, acknowledging that there. So what you're saying, what you, what I just heard you say there, is that you believe there could be more to reality than what you can experience. That it's still out there. It's just that you haven't necessarily gotten to that
1: level.
3: That's what objectivism says. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Sam, I want to know: um, is the that's oh, not how I, I read it? I am even more confused now. That's not is, how is I read it. Is the video game character Here, conscious? Me,
5: uh, me, uh, me, well, you know, the conscious is uh,
1: is subjective, isn't it? I don't know. I, I mean to, I, I can, the consciousness is very poorly consciousness is very very yeah. poorly defined. If you if you uh, submit a,
5: if you if you tr- you know trigger the API with a certain set of inputs, he's going to it's going to evaluate that and respond in a certain way. Um is that consciousness? Is that consciousness? Yeah.
0: We all have it's a, th- th- we have that. It's just much more complicated for yeah. us, right? I mean our choices are limited. Uh, in what we can do in the same way that the video game character 's choices are limited, and based on the inputs that we receive, we make decisions and and, uh, a, and as pure
5: energy, you know possibilities may be truly unlimited, but when we take on this physical form, the body places certain limitations on our capabilities on our understanding that 's what i 'm suggesting so
0: now so now you 've said to us, Johnson, that actually. Objectivism accepts the idea that there could be far more to reality than meets the eye.
6: Absolutely, I see.
3: Let me read a quote. Let me read two brief quotes. Um, and one Ian I sent to you, so it's a little it's a little heady. So, but I think in regards to the fact that we've just explained all this, it might it might work. Um, the quote is: "The attack on man's consciousness, and particularly on his conceptual faculty, has rested on the unchallenged premise." that any knowledge acquired by the process of consciousness, in other words, thought, is necessarily subjective, right? So conscious is subjective. You guys were just saying that. And that it cannot correspond to the facts of reality. In other words, that if something has been conceived of, it can't necessarily correspond to the facts of reality because it's processed. In other words, you can't trust your senses. Um, However... All knowledge is processed knowledge, whether on a sensory, perceptual, or conceptual level. An unprocessed knowledge would be knowledge acquired without means of cognition. And another, a much shorter quote is, Objectivism holds that the mind cannot create reality, but rather it is a means of discovering reality.
5: Mm, And see, I would disagree with that. I think the mind is, I think thought creates reality.
4: See, but
3: prove it.
5: When, when, Prove uh, when it? it? Okay, um, look at everything around you. All of it was thought at one time. All of but the equipment, the 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 thing, the chair you might be sitting in, the, the Someone's walls, idea all, became it someone's reality. Someone's idea, yeah.
3: That's not, in other words, it wasn't willed into existence. It wasn't the thought that created the reality. It was action.
0: So, well, yes, thought combined with uh, taking the steps necessary to make that into a reality. Yes. Sure.
3: There's a huge difference between thought and action. And I think that's part of the, the philosophy. In order so to have would, the
0: action, you have to have the thought first. Yeah.
3: I mean, and, you know, another huge base thing that she says about her philosophy is, my philosophy in essence is the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life, with productive achievement as his noblest activity and reason as his only absolute
0: I, I can agree dis- with that well, I don't know if productive achievement is is his noblest activity. I think that someone could say that uh, helping someone is well, a noble activity, even if you're not <laughs> achieving anything productive out of it. What I hear out of and that, man
3: would rage against that rage against that statement because that's so I'm altruism. not
0: an objectivist i i mean I can pick all kinds of little things out of you know her particular philosophy that I don't agree with, so i'm done with you know as far as I'm concerned, I'm done with the uh, the whole objectivism idea it's it's been been rejected by me now on several levels. So Ayn Rand's value system is not my value system, and so therefore I'm not an objectivist because I'm not like Ayn Rand in that way.
3: No, I don't. I don't consider myself an objectivist either. I'm playing devil's advocate. No, I but... appreciate it. I appreciate it because
0: I'm, I'm I'm coming to you know the more I hear, the more I understand. I'll probably forget most of this crap. You know, another year from now, we can have this conversation <laughs> all over again because <laughs> it's because it's you're that well, irrelevant. It's to am an me.
6: objectivist at
3: that point, <laughs> right?
0: You know, to me, this this is just a you know fun discussion to have, and it's not really relevant because I've already found so much that uh, that I disagree with. I'll probably you know flush all of this because it, it doesn't really apply to me. I've I've, I've I'm a pretty happy person so i don't think objectivism is going to help me find happiness and i don't agree with all the tenets so i'm not going to it's
1: like you know short-term memory for let me, me take I this think. on a different uh, tact here if i could objectivism has uh, peaked and is on its way down now um you know there far there are far more objectivists in say the 70s and 80s than there are here in the uh, okay the aughts um and this is common for many uh, uh you know groups and just sort of their uh, you know, the, the, in the early formation stages, when things are really happening and, and people have, are, are having some great ideas. Today, as I was thinking about the Jehovah's Witnesses, who, by the way, their numbers are not, have not peaked. They're going up and up and up because uh, discipleship really? is huge for them. Evangelism and discipleship is huge for them. But at one point, you know, some Seventh-day Adventists or whatever they were said, You know, I've got a good idea. I, I, I think God's name is, is Jehovah." jehovah And we should call him Jehovah. He'd really like that and stuff. Uh, you know, uh-huh. so they came up with a couple of ideas. Um, uh, you, know, you know, we I, I, I don't think that there's actually a heaven. Um, I think only 144,000 people are going to go to heaven, and the rest of us are going to go to a place called paradise. So, like they 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 came up with this this neat idea. They got really there's a lot of action around it, and mm-hmm. people got really swept up into it, and it was a very evangelical movement, and it's still a very very evangelical movement, but people aren't really thinking about the the philosophy any longer you're not allowed as a jehovah's witness to deviate from the philosophy that those people basically came up with in like 1909 or something like that and because you know like god's name isn't jehovah all right god's name is yahweh um you know that's which basically literally translates well no it literally from the bible that's where they were using their their terminology that's where they were coming up with that so god's name's yahweh and so jehovah is a mispronunciation anglican uh, anglicization of the pronunciation of the what we call I am, uh, you know, what what means I am in English. So you've got this all mixed up word that they're using and they haven't ch they're not they are not going to change that. They're Jehovah's Witnesses. They're not Yahweh witnesses and they're not I am witnesses. Where are you going with this? I'm just saying that they're they they have not with their philosophy Well, aren't we done with the objectivist thing?
0: Yeah, but you were tying the uh, Jehovah's Witness thing into the objectivist thing. You were kind making of just, a point about I'm
1: kind of making a point about groups and mm-hmm. their thought processes and you know evangelism and how you know how some religions uh, you know sort of
0: I'm are you say, are you saying that uh, that objectivism has been objectivism as is has always been objectivism and is still objectivism today and that uh, they're they're tied down to that I'm particular? I'm not even talking system? about
1: objectivism. I said let's take this on a different tact. Okay. And I'm moving on to a different. I'm talking about groups.
0: You had mentioned that they were falling off in popularity
1: though, and then you they are falling over off in popularity. The, the um, like, I think that objectivism's uh, objectivists are basically uh, you know dust bunnies on the floor on the floor of history at this point. Hmm. Um, it, she's got. To stay relevant, but, and they're just you know they're not. Um, Maybe you
0: know. if we recruit some talk show hosts, we can reinvigorate the movement. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> perhaps so, but I, I think that there are things to learn about. Aren't
0: they trying to do that though? I mean, sorry to interrupt, Mark, but we've been to these uh, talk radio conventions, and the Ayn Rand Institute is there giving away uh, giving away copies of Atlas Shrugged. Yes. So they Ew, are really, really out there actively <laughs> with a campaign trying to recruit talk show hosts into objectivism.
3: I think what's really also interesting about the original, like, the objectivist movement was Nathaniel Brandon, um, who was, I guess, Rand's boyfriend at one point, much younger than her, like, significantly younger than her. And there was some sort of huge rift that happened, I guess, within the objectivist movement that sort of split it into these two bizarre branches that are have been duking it out, I guess philosophically are in like through philosophical argumentation through a long for like a long span of time and it's I, I don't know all that much about it other than to know that there are these two factions that just really dislike one another within objectivism. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the and sort of what I was talking about of the groups, neither one of the, there's no new philosophy coming on in objectivism. It's not changing any way. It's not mm-hmm. evolving. Um, objectivism is as objectivism is, and and I, I suppose that uh, Martin was was talking about how I guess they've changed their philosophy, say on gays or something like that. But you know, relatively stagnant. Um, I've also been looking at the Quakers, who in the early in the the the, the mid. To late 1600s and even into the early 1700s, were just the the populations were incredible in the Northeast of people that were Quakers, like 70 percent in like New Jersey and Pennsylvania and wow. you know these areas, the, well, the Revolutionary War <laughs> happened, my friend, and um, the, the it was really the peace testimony was really put to a test. Do a people like the ah. only war that you and I likely would call legitimate. Uh, you know, was tested these people and basically decimated the religion. And then it, it had a couple of others. Um, because know. they chose it, violence, is what you're saying? Some a lot of chose them. violence. Some said, Hey, I'm English. I'm going back to England. Um, you know, they had all these because th- their testimony's peace. They can't shoot at people. But, uh, you know, the, what would history have been like if they didn't? I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, hard to say. It's hard to say. But, it was a big test for the religion, and by and large, you know, the religion got a, a, you know, got its feet knocked out from under it, and it's it's kind of interesting. Then there was this, then they got this kind of regressive philosophy where um, they really kicked a bunch of people out, and don't forget the funny hats and saying the all the time. Johnson, other thoughts? What,
3: yeah, I've got just one more thing. Is what I find, I guess, most interesting is that even a philosophy like objectivism, which is, I guess, the the part that I. I like the most about it is it's anti-subject, anti-subjective anti uh, qualities. In other words, I like uh, saying to use your rational mind, to use reason to, you know, basically, in my mind, what I like about atheism is to say, hey, if someone's telling you that they're psychic or that they can spend spoons with their mind, hold on to your wallets, folks, because chances yeah. are they're liars. And, um, you know, that's the part that I like about it. And yet, even with all this. You know, don't live your life for another person or expect that they live their life for yours and, and, you know, to use your reason and use your mind, even with a philosophy that's based around that, it can still be twisted like any religion, like any other group into being a group of people who can be hateful and want to use the state against other people mm-hmm. and be warmongers even though the base of the philosophy is almost completely antithetical to that.
0: As we've seen. It's
3: just astounding.
0: Well said, Johnson. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All the input. All right. 603-435-1105. That's the number if you want to get through to us on this extended edition of Free Talk Live. Uh, we're done with the email, so yeah. we've talked to Johnson. We didn't
1: talk to the guy who wrote the email.
0: <laughs> we talked to the guy that wrote the email. It's a small world out there, and uh, we're glad you're listening to the show. I don't know if we've got much else to, uh, to do here tonight. I
1: can certainly uh, – I've certainly got more show prep, if that's what you want to uh, – I've got other things to uh, to take care of here, so I think we uh, might wrap it up. You want to wrap about it up? 40 minutes actually. Oh, here. yeah, we've, absolutely. Plus, we're going
0: to be tacking on an interview here shortly, so if you're listening to this extended edition on the podcast, stay extra tuned, because there's going to be, what, another seven
1: or eight-minute uh, interview of a – Comic book artist, right, or in a comic book writer, right? The writer of uh, "Escape from Terra" is coming up, and I, you know, I gotta say, I've really got, I really got very excited about the comic strip. Um, I, I read it, uh, you know, and I've been promoting it on Facebook because I want more people to to read it. I think it uh, very clearly defines libertarian philosophy, and you know, the more people, I, I think that libertarian philosophy. It, 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 one a great way to get it across to people is through fiction because it's clearly um, the ideas of liberty have never existed in world in the world today so we must only be able to uh, apply them through fiction and you know it's 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 neat ideas to get through to people and and I I, I support. Uh, science fiction a lot of science fiction comes reality you know i mean it's again we're back to the discussion of thoughts becoming reality well this is uh, um somebody i think it was dale um and you know he he has uh he's kind of like jason he has some some you know sort of short thoughts that are very deep and as you hear them time and again it's like wow 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 you get a little more out of them each time but he said and, and i really believe this is true that the ideas of total liberty um that 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 we will have complete liberty at some point in the human um, scenario. Like there will be no coercive government, and I really do think that the government is a paradigm that is going to go away. That's that one of those next levels right. that we need to get to on this I think path it, of evolution. I think it's as uh, as relevant uh, to talk about as demanding teleportation machines and uh, you know the uh, the robots doing our whims. I think that, uh, um, and and I think that in fact talking about it is, uh, it can people. It you can, can talk it people. into reality, though. I think that to
0: some extent, the more you talk about these things, the more people will consider them seriously. It's just like we've heard, heard this ex- explosion of uh, secession talk or uh, yeah. declaring uh, declaring independence. It's been popping up here, it's been popping up all across the liberty movement, and it hadn't been discussed uh, five years ago. You know, it really wasn't out there. It certainly wasn't on this show. I didn't see it in the news. I didn't see it in my uh, my news sources.
1: And so there's something to be said for putting
0: those ideas out there and repeating them. I,
1: I, I there's something to be said for that. It's, it, I, I guess, not terrible, but I, you know, I, I'd be interested. I certainly wasn't plugged in during the Bill Clinton administration. I wasn't even, <laughs> I wasn't even free for the most of the the Clinton administration. I was a teenager,
0: so I can't say I was.
1: But I, I'm, I'm kind of wonder. You know what? What talk of secession was there at that time? There may
0: have been such things, but it would probably have been exclusively amongst like militias or something like that. Right. People who were uh, in certain areas together with one another Wake to discuss up. such <laughs> things, because we didn't have the interconnectivity of the internet that we have today. So, if there was a discussion like that going on, it wouldn't have had the uh, the gravity or the uh, the, the effectiveness. Gravitas. That it does, the gravitas. Uh, the effectiveness that it does today.
1: I, I don't know that uh, the secession talk has any effectiveness at this point at all. But, I mean, it at least it has it's an in, effect in people thinking about those things. At least governors are talking of. about it. I mean, that's it's something what you focus on expands. I mean, it's, it's really that's and, the way it works. And what powerful people Um, and by powerful, I mean, you know, people that believe in what they're saying and uh, and work towards it in an efficient manner. What powerful people talk about expands more quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, I I I totally believe well, that.
5: And the, the people are powerful because they have uh, uh, the ability to
1: get other people to line up behind their vision. Influence yeah, yeah, yeah. Influence is important. Um, certainly, I, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to people about secession here for New Hampshire, and I say I'm for it, and people say, well, you know, nuts, right? But I, I do like the idea of using, you know, terminology. Some terminology works better than others, and I'd like to see New Hampshire to be more independent, if not completely independent, from the United States. Um, and I think that that's just—it's it, a much better way to, uh, to, to, to discuss it. Well, going back to the influence
0: point. Uh the more people you have, even if you aren't particularly influential, like we on this show, we may be a little more influential than the average person because we can reach you – know, the average person only has a connection to so many hundred sure. people in their lives and we can reach hundreds of thousands of them. Uh, but, But the more people – In the same geographic area are talking about an idea, the more legitimate it becomes. If it's just you out on the street corner uh, with a, uh, a soapbox standing on it shouting or using a megaphone, then that looks like a crazy person. But if all of a sudden you've got two people, or 20 people, or 200 people, the uh, the effectiveness of that message begins to shift in a, a much more influential direction. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Free State Project is, is going to be such a tremendous success, because we are getting people together in the same area that do have similar belief systems that will be inserting these ideas into their conversations that they're having with regular people on a daily basis that aren't of a liberty mindset explicitly. And the more they start to hear that oh i heard that from that guy at work and i heard that from, i heard someone talking about secession today at church oh well, i heard somebody talking
1: let about- me tell you neither one of you were at quaker meeting um uh this, this week this nope. week okay um i think D- dale, was, dale there. was there he was telling me all about how exciting it was it, it, it was uh, we had the peace and social concerns uh uh committee which is all committees for our tiny little quaker group are committees of the whole meaning that everybody if, is on the committee. If, is on the committee that wishes to be, <laughs> even if you're not a member of the church. I am not a member of the meeting, I should say, and n- nor is anyone in this room, yeah. because it takes oh, a year and a half, two years to even be really considered for Interesting. being a um, you know, member of the meeting. And essentially all that really gives you is the opportunity to give them money. Am <laughs> okay. um, I going to
0: take my money right now?
1: Um, they might take it if you if you demanded to give it to them. I see, but they but basically all they do is is choose to give money to different charities in town. Um, Got it. And and then talk about which ones. They what want was to this uh, the? But I was sit- sitting there listening to a woman who um who was talking on, uh, you know her her son had died of a drug overdose, um at twenty three, and wow. So she was talking about it and talking about what well, like sort of her experiences in it and da da da, and then just. Sort of uh, completely out of left field, she said, I think all drugs should be legalized. Hmm. And then, you know, sort of talked about how she thinks that all drugs should be legalized and why Mm -hmm. it is that she... I mean... After her son had died of an overdose. I could have picked my jaw up off of the floor. I totally did not expect that to happen. Um, Now, I, I... Quakers are are peculiar people, as it is said, and um, certainly they're willing to play with ideas that many people aren't, and that's the reason I go to this meeting. I I just love this group of people. But, you know, I was talking – I had the two of them over for lunch um, later on that day, and I was talking to them. You know the ideas of uh, of of choosing not to pay income taxes. They're for it. As a matter of fact, they're doing it. Mm. These people choose not to pay income tax. Now I'll I'll admit they don't do it in a really powerful way. They choose to make less than fourteen thousand yeah. dollars a year, um, so that they don't have to. But I, I'm sure that they're also um, you know doing the agorist thing and getting you know items well, and sure, stuff sure. Um, underground you know, economy. Yeah, they're they're getting they're getting things. But you know, I, wow, wow i mean um i i I'm, I'm not exist i wasn't i've never existed in a world where people uh from outside of my belief philosophy would have even um it, it talked about these things hmm. really somebody talking about not paying taxes. I can see kind of why the uh, the the people that the believe in the sort of you don't have to pay taxes. It's the the government. You know why they why they come from it show from me the, the angle – Show me the people? law, people. That I can see why they take it from that angle because what they're trying to do is base a foundation that's in, that that everyone can agree with, and everyone they believe that everyone can agree with. Well, the law is right. And well, the law says you don't have to pay taxes. It's only for blah 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 blah. So they're really coming from a point of view where they're they're validating what they have to say by, you know, basing it on the law. Of course, on this show we don't do that, we say, oh, well, you know, what right do, the, do these people have to take this money in the first place? I don't place? care what the law says. Right. Where, Who are they? What um, you know what gave this organization the, the right to take your money? Mm-hmm. And I think that that does, um, you know, really, especially for younger people that haven't formulated these philosophies yet entirely for themselves and then had them solidified over time to the point that now they can't be broken up very easily, I think that these ideas... Really are very very powerful and over time I, I, I do expect to see liberty um, you know grow and grow in this nation. I, that's one of the reasons I think it's so important that people move to New Hampshire for the Free State project, so that when you're showing people, look here here's what's happening for liberty. Like this mm-hmm. is what it can happen. They're not dying here. Pestilence right. isn't raging across New Hampshire. Fires aren't flying yep. from the sky and killing people.
5: I think the the most important thing that people can go out and do is find the things that bring them joy. Find the things that make make you happy, and and find ways to expand those in your life. And in doing so, you're on the path to your higher purpose.
0: All right, I think that about wraps it up. All right, man, we are done for tonight. Uh, again, if you're you're obviously listening to this on the podcast, stay tuned because uh, the interview is coming up here shortly with uh, one of the guys behind the Daily Comic.
1: Uh, which is, has been going on for a while now, right, yes, Mark? 250 pages, and uh, they come out five days a week, Monday through Friday. I, and um, it's called Escape from Terror. yeah. Well, that's coming up, and then uh, we'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. Good night, everybody. This is an extended edition of Free Talk Live, and we're here today talking with uh, Sandy Sanfort, who is the the writer of the Escape from Terra comic strip. And this is a, a comic strip that I found relatively recently on the internet, and it's by Big Head Press, and we'll tell you how to find out about it, but I want to, I want to tease it a little bit first. Sandy, tell people about uh, Escape from Terra. I know it's a long storyline, but give us your 30-second elevator speech.
11: Well, it's about a future time in the belt, the uh, asteroid belt,
6: yeah,
3: uh,
11: and uh, the, it follows certain characters, how they came there, and Things that happen while they're there. We won't give too much away at this moment. So it's um, also um, it's also very um, libertarian science fiction story.
1: So they, um, you know, there's there's people that are sort of living out in the the fringe of society. They're they're way out on the asteroid belts. They're in, in a very dangerous area, and uh, society has sort of grown up there in a very libertarian. There's there's no government at all. So uh, you know, one might call it an anarchist uh, society where um, you know people essentially, you know, unless you do harm to someone else, you can pretty much do what you want, right?
11: That's correct, and. Uh a lot of it centers on the uh, largest of the asteroids series, but uh, it takes place. Uh, there will be adventures all through the solar system, uh, on Mars, on Mercury, the Moon, etc.
1: How many pages are there at this point? I know that I spent uh, when I was when I was uh, reading the comic uh, I, two days just just pouring through it. So, how many pages are there?
11: I think we're up to about 260, something like that. That's 260. Daily editions five days a week,
1: yeah, so it comes out Monday through friday, and I'll tell you one of the first things that I do when I turn my computer on, if not the very first thing that I do um every morning is I read this comic because I find it that compelling. And, um, it, you know, it, it's a very like, as you say, a very libertarian comic. If if you if that's the kind of philosophy that that you have and you're interested in that kind of fiction, um, this uh, this will be really be great for you. But I love the idea of libertarian fiction, libertarian comics, libertarian uh, medium like that, because it slides the message a, a little more surreptitiously to people. It's a, it, it can decodes the message. It makes it uh, palatable to people who might not necessarily be libertarians.
11: Well, I don't want to hit anybody over the head, and uh, I have a forum on the website where we have people who are not libertarians, and they say so very clearly, and yet they find it compelling for some other reason. So my theory is that we're going to get them through the back door. They're going to read it, and the more they see this philosophy in action, uh, the more likely they are to go, hmm, maybe...
1: Yep, I, I that's that's one of the things that I really do like about uh, libertarian fiction, and one of the reasons that I support it so so thoroughly. And um, I, do you have any idea of you know how many people see this comic on a, re- a regular basis? I have I have no idea.
11: Uh, I was told by the publisher probably about five thousand.
1: Wow, that's a pretty good reach. And people can there's there's no subscription for it or anything like that. They can go read a basically a, a great free. Compelling libertarian comic uh, by going where
11: uh, to well bigheadpress dot com and you'll see various uh, strips including uh, Escape from Terra and click on that and it'll take you to I don't know if it'll take you to the first one or not but you can you can set it to go to the first one it, it's it's not hard they'll no, they'll find it
1: yeah there's, there's a if on any one of the pages there's a the first page. A button and all you have to do at the top there, yeah. and all you have to do is click that. Now, Ian, you've uh, you, you've been listening in, yes, and um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, have I presented a compelling case to people to go see Escape from Terra? Because I figured
0: I'd let you handle it because my my question was going to be, is Snake Pliskin involved? Snake Pliskin? <laughs>
11: <laughs> no, we don't have Snake Pliskin, uh, so we, it probably won't be a movie. Now, you well, know, you
0: know, when I hear Escape from, I think of Snake Pliskin. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll be good without uh, Snake. They've got Bert and Ernie. Yeah.
1: Really? Yeah, Bert and Ernie show up. <laughs> they're two brothers, and they're black and white, and they were raised by, uh, you know. Anyway, this. Well, they're
11: they're they're Latin American and very uh, uh, Norwegian, you know, very Nordic. Okay. So, uh, but they do contrast quite well, and yet uh, they're like twins. They re- finish each other's uh, sentences and so forth. Let me say something about economics. I find this fascinating myself. We give this cartoon away, this comic away for free. Yeah. Every day you can go watch it, or if it makes you crazy to do it a day at a time, you can save it up for a month, you know, whatever it happens to be. And how are we going to make money? We sell paper versions because the uh, comic aficionados uh, want dead trees. And uh, so we'll turn around later and sell those and, you know, tie in products, Uh, Get the mug, you know, get the cap, sure. and that sort of thing. So, but I found that fascinating. It's like so many things on the Internet. You can give it away for free, the basic unit, and then there are ways for value added that you make money. It follows the dot-com model perfectly.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think they call it freemium is what the, uh, um, yes. the, the terminology yes, is they're coming up with these days. But That's how we do it. Yeah, it is.
0: But now aren't they saying, uh, the, the big corporate heads out there saying the days of the free Internet are over? But then again, haven't they been saying that for the last several years? I mean, it well, doesn't seem well, like that's going to happen.
11: Lots of luck, you know. Yeah, right. right. I, well, I don't, I don't agree with it at all, and I think that we're. Uh uh, it's moving in the right direction. I'm not
1: worried about it. I agree, and the big corporations are used to uh, just raking in a huge amount of money because they have a protected, uh, mono- you know, not monopoly, but oligarchy on their on their distribution uh, centers. But now with the Internet, yeah. there's lots of businesses that can be done by individuals at low costs um, at essentially a, uh, you know, they're a, hobbyist at a hobbyist level, and then they can be grown into real businesses. And that's what Free Talk Live was. I mean, that's five years. I don't think we ever got paid. We didn't get paid in five years.
0: So people can go... Um... Uh, and read this comic, which is called what? It's uh, Escape from Terra. Escape? But, Escape from Terra. Go to yeah. bigheadpress.com.
11: And uh, we, we, we fought back and forth about the title, and uh, but we finally settled on that one. And and, and I'm glad we did. I, it was not my first choice. I don't even remember what my first choice was. That's how much. Now, I write the stories. We have uh, Scott Beezer, who writes. Um, he's a co-writer in that he does scripts. Because I write short stories, they aren't cartoons, they aren't comics, so they have to be scripted like you would a movie or anything else. Mm-hmm. And occasionally he had some original material that you know is not in my in, not in my stories. It's all with my permission, but you know you need some uh, sharing going on. And then Lee Oakes uh, draws the strip and does a wonderful job. We we it's in sepia, the color is sepia. It isn't uh, full color. And I didn't like that at first, and it's really grown on me since then. So that—that's the team.
1: Seems like full color to me, but I—I uh, I, I think one of the things I like about it is it. What, what's Lee's last name? Uh, Lee Oaks. Lee Oakes. Th- one of the things I like is uh, Lee Oaks likes to draw shapely women, and that's a nice the, little bonus to the to the. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes.
11: Yeah. All right. All the well. bumps in the right places.
1: Thanks, thanks a lot, Sandy. We um, we have to get going to the, uh, the the show, but we're going to attach this on to the end of tonight's show so that uh, people can find out more about Escape from Terra and go there and read the comic and really enjoy it.
2: Okay, bye Bye-bye. bye.